Hello listeners, you are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans and is led by myself and my co-host Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to try to show you how we get the game of baseball and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride through the 2022 MLB offseason lockout. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 47. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is actually 9 o'clock sharp this Sunday, January 23rd. Uh, just a couple of days away from the Hall of Fame ballot voting final take of the year, pretty much. Uh, we are going to be finally knowing who's going to be going into the Hall of Fame this year, if anyone else is. Uh, and also, of course, talking a little bit more about the lockout. Uh, of course, nothing really happening yet. Uh, this week, actually, this week, there is going to be a uh, counter proposal meeting. I think it's actually tomorrow on Monday between the uh, players and also the owners. The mm-hmm. players have a uh, counter proposal, kind of just going back and forth, I guess, with the agreements. Um, and I think the, the the most exciting thing that's been happening is probably the NFL playoffs, Alex. Travis, today a little switcheroo. Today and yesterday were probably the craziest days of NFL playoff postseason play that I've seen just four games ending in walk-off wins just game winning scoring plays I never seen anything like it like consistently good close games it was a real treat um it definitely a fun uh thing to keep us kind of sidetracked during the lockout like having an exciting NFL playoffs um NBA is going strong too it's good to see you know other sports are picking up the slack while MLB is is locked out yeah no I I I fully agree because I, I don't know what right. I feel like baseball has just been kind of dead for like, you know, I, I you think about free agency and that just feels like it was five months ago, six months ago. And that was, you know, six weeks ago. Yeah, practically. Travis, I, I was thinking about the the Mets hiring Buck Showalter and I was like, that feels like it was last year. Yeah, like, that's it's yeah. like that happened. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, th- that was. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And even the biggest, you know, other hirings, that's, you know, Mark Kotze being the manager of the Oakland A's and Brad Osmus, uh, Angels old skipper going to be a bench coach for them. It's like this is the breaking news that we are hearing about on a weekly basis. And it's just kind of like, God, this is just so sad right now. It's like, I want to hear Carlos Correa, 10 years, LA angels, <laughs> 400 million. <laughs> Keep crossing your fingers, buddy. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, with playoffs, with football, you know, giving us a good treat, uh, next week being the, the conference finals, uh, yeah. Bengals at Kansas City, and then the Niners at your LA Rams, Alex. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, I'm very excited for uh, see if we can make the Super Bowl come through LA. That'd be a lot of fun. But. Yeah, I know. I, there's so many teams that host it, and they cannot come through and play in it. Of course, last year the Bucks were the one team that was able to actually play in the their home field, and of course win the game at their home stadium. But uh, yeah, let I me mean, kind of kicking off with this episode. It's mainly going to be hall of fame talk. Uh, me and Alex kind of prepared two different ballots with two different kind of scenarios. One of course is our official final ballot that will reveal. Basically we have 10 votes and you get to vote with those 10 check marks. If you don't want to use all 10 check marks, you don't have to. We've seen a lot of ballots. I, I kid you not in the past month where some people literally will turn in ballots with zero check marks and, me and Alex both agree that is kind of a little bit, uh, I, I think, sad and, and and a little bit stupid on the part of the voter because I I think we can all agree that you look at you look at almost every Hall of Fame ballot, 
there's going to be one guy at least that's going to that needs to be in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. putting down zero check marks or zero X's, um, that right there is kind of it's just kind of a weird outlook on whatever that voter is critiquing or you know looking at for analyzing these certain players. But um, me and Alex have our final ballot with our uh, ten or less check marks that we'll reveal. We also have a ballot that we want to talk about. What's going to be uh, basically if we had unlimited votes, who we'd want to have on the ballot? Maybe not only for the Hall of Fame, but who do, who would we want to keep on for the, at least another year? Because I know there's so many guys. Yeah. There's probably a good five. Five guys on our ballots, I would honestly say I would love to have like a vote where I can say, can I just keep him on for one more year? Because I think he is such a good player. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but Let's see if he can get some traction. Exactly. Yeah, because there are certain guys I think that definitely deserve the respect of, OK, this guy should stay on for a couple of years. He shouldn't be a one and done. He shouldn't be a guy that's on for two years and then is out. Um, so we'll talk more about that. And then, of course, go over the guys that we honestly would probably never see ourselves voting for um there's definitely a couple handful of guys on our list um that honestly if we were given all the votes in the world i probably still would never vote for these guys because right um maybe the uh the over you know the, the timeline of years played isn't strong enough or even just the quality of you know their best being good. their best which wasn't good enough yeah definitely definitely so uh i guess you know with that alex we can kind of kick it off with that section first before we get into kind of our uh final official release of the ballots but um i guess what we can do is start off by going through the first row that is going to be starting with the bobby abreu row that goes all the way down to tory hunter um i guess for me i wrote down check marks for guys that i would vote for if i had unlimited votes and then i wrote down uh i circled boxes for guys that i honestly would never see myself voting for and then there are certain boxes that i didn't even touch because they're just kind of in between gotcha <laughs> there might be some Got you. There might be some things that are back, you know, it's just some background information with some of these guys that I do not want to, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, it's still up in the air, still up in the air at that. So um, I guess I'll start with this one with this row, Alex. And I guess I have three X marks on this row and it goes to Bobby Abreu, Todd Helton and Tori Hunter. Those are my three X marks. Those are three guys I would vote for if I had unlimited votes uh, for this list and uh share it with you meet with me your kind of list on that side who would you vote for on that side wait so just to be clear these are people that you'd vote for via unlimited votes and so you're not including people who you would vote for in your kind of final final list there are a couple guys i guess i would vote for in my final final list but uh i guess kind of just for the sake sure i wanted to you know i'm with it, you yeah. i'm with you yeah. now. i'm with you now okay okay so here's how i do it travis so uh the check marks I have for these are guys who I would vote for if I had unlimited votes from that first row, uh, first column. Uh, it'd be Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Todd Helton. Those are my four. So um, my mindset here, Travis, is these are guys who I think no matter how I slice it, if I had unlimited votes, I'd be picking them. I can't imagine a way why I don't pick them. Mm -hmm. Um so there are some guys here, Travis, who there's obviously some controversy, Bonds and Clemens, steroids. Um, Travis, also worth noting, just kind of a general general kind of rule over most of these guys. A lot of these guys are going to have some sort of controversy in the past. Yep. Maybe it's steroids. Maybe it's, um, you know, there's many dom domestic violence cases. There's uh, other things like character stuff might be concerned about. I'm just going to get that out of the way now because it's going to apply to tons of people. Um, and so I'm just going to say, for Bonds and Clemens, looking at it on paper, I think it's even though they cheated, I think it's I think it's just too good. I think that they're 
numbers are too impressive, both before and during the steroids. Mm-hmm. I think they were all-time guys beforehand. Um, if someone says, oh, they cheated and should be banned from ever being possible to be the Hall of Famer, I would kind of understand that. But from my ballot, I think I'm picking them no matter what uh, if I had limited votes. Uh, also, Travis, I had Abreu, who I mentioned, and Helton, who I think you both had as well. Yep, on this um, list, yep. So, yeah, Abreu and Helton are both... Uh, I think they're both very... Uh, high upside players yeah. their, their peaks were very good um they had a decent amount of longevity as well and I, I think two guys that definitely hid in the shadows of bigger and brighter names but still yeah. had very good careers especially considering you know no steroid ties to those yep. two players mm-hmm. amongst an era where sammy sosa's hitting 60 home runs yep. or whatever you have bobby Bayou just putting up you know 30 and 30 with yep. stealing bags and you know he's doing his own thing so um, yeah, I, I, I like the names you picked. Talk to me about uh, Tory Hunter. Yeah, so Tory Hunter is one guy that is, uh, you know, I think he's honestly kind of in the same category as someone of like an Andrew Jones, where you look at the defense was there. I mean, almost 10 gold gloves in his career. The power was there as well. 353 career home runs playing center field, also moving to right field later on in his career, and also having the silver sluggers um, and constant, you know, almost every year being an all-star. So I think Torrey Hunter is a guy where you look at the longevity of his career. He was always a top, you know, in my opinion, a top outfielder in the game. You know, when I look at Hall of Fame, I also... I care about being a top outfitter, but I think for Hall of Fame reasons, I only want the elite of the elite, you know, outfielders. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to get some guys that are going to be like we've been saying outer circle Hall of Famers where, you know, they've definitely put together a great career. But when you look at some guys like, you know, Lou Gehrig, for an example, that guy put together in a career that really is unmatched like any other when it comes to the hitting uh, stance of it. But for me, Torrey Hunter, I think just being consistent when it came to hitting and also fielding, um, you know, every season you kind of knew what you're going to get from him when it came to like a 270 to a 290 batting average. You knew he was going to pop, you know, 25 to 30 home runs a year. And you know, he was going to play gold glove defense, which is honestly spectacular for what he's able to do in Minnesota and also in LA, also playing those two years in Detroit almost able to get to uh, a World Series, uh, you know, a World Series appearance, but uh, just came up short. But for me, Torrey Hunter was a guy that I just wanted to X off with my unlimited votes because, A, I think there's also a little bit of bias with him being an angel, um, being a huge fan of Torrey Hunter. But I think uh, just what he was able to do uh, during his 19-year career, every season was, a you know, just a phenomenal player, definitely above uh, – above a good chunk of the center fielders during the, the time of his, you know, of his tenure playing in yeah. the big. So he's a guy that I had, um, as well as Todd Helton, as well as Bobby Abreu. Um, I left Bonds and Clemens just kind of off. I didn't want, I, I didn't want to circle them because uh, those other guys that I'll, I'll name are guys that of course I don't see at all voting for. I just think Bonds and Clemens are just going to be these guys with this, these asterisks in my head where it's, it's, it's almost like I want to vote for you, but also I don't want to vote for you. So you're just going to sit on this list. Um, my final list, of course, will be a little bit more clear when I say what I want to vote for and, and who I'm going to vote for and what reasons they're for. Uh, but for this part, they're kind of muddy for you. Exactly, exactly. And also muddy, too, is Tim Hudson. You know, Tim Hudson, for me, uh, great prime, great seasons as a starting pitcher. But when you look at the longevity, you know, I, I definitely see some flaws here and there sometimes in his career. I think the, later ha- the latter half of his career, you know, 
always having an area above, you know, a three, six or, or something like that. But he definitely had some seasons where he did have a little bit of a rocky year or, or, you know, just wasn't consistently good. I feel like to be a hall of fame starting pitcher, he was a guy that did not X off on this. So he's, again, he's kind of with the bonds and Clemens where he's in this middle ground where it's just like, you know, you put together some very, very good seasons, but at the same time, I don't know if it's quite hall of fame worthy in my opinion. So, uh, well, those are three guys. That, yeah, you know. well put. So, yeah, I'm also going to say the two guys who are like in the middle for me, like kind of muddy yep. um, is Tim Hudson and Torrey Hunter. So Torrey Hunter, I agree mm-hmm. with everything you said. I think he was a really great player, great upside. Um, 50 Over 50 career base reference war. So a very viable player throughout his years. Uh, one thing I just like thinking about Travis is it's a 110 OPS plus. So for he's a he's a he's a solidly above average hitter. In MLB, but he's playing center field yeah. at a Gold Glove level nine times. Definitely a really impressive kind of spot to be at. Over 350 home runs, like you said, it's uh, a lot of impressive stuff. I'm really surprised. Almost 500 doubles, two doubles away from being 500 for Tory. So yeah. mm-hmm. he accrued some really special numbers. Um, I don't think he's getting into the Hall of Fame, but he is someone who I can't say that you know I would for sure vote for him if I had limited votes. But he's definitely someone who I I, I cannot tell you. Uh, there's no shot I vote for him. There's definitely a shot that I would pick Tory's name. Uh, I do like him a lot. Also on my list was Tim Hudson, Travis. I like what you said. He's also kind of in the middle for me. Uh, some really impressive years. Was a part of a really good A's team. Uh, he was kind of the ace of a team that had good pitching all around. Um, some several, a few dominant seasons in a row, kind of uh, in the early 2000s A's. Some of, some of his ERAs, Travis, don't look that special, but he's pitching in the American League in the early 2000s, you know, it's a very hitter dominant era. Um, I think his, you know, OPS plus numbers are really good. He has, Travis, that first stretch of his career, like over 220 innings, like several times in a row. He was a total workhorse. Um, lots of war. So I, I, I like Hudson's case a lot. I can't say I would for sure vote for him if I had limited votes, but I'd have to do a deep dive on him. Uh, I definitely would have to, uh, you know, I guess nitpick and figure out one way or another, another how I'd yeah. how I'd slice it. But he is someone who I definitely keep my eye on um, as as a maybe. Yeah, yeah, and th- th- those are two guys, of course, um, playing at almost the same time during their during their long you know uh-huh. during their career spans. But um, well put on those guys, Alex. I'll kind of move over to the other section that we were talking about, um, and that is, of course, guys that we honestly just would not vote for, and we just don't see being fit for the Hall of Fame. Um, I had four guys on this row in this column. It is Mark Burley, Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, and Ryan Howard. Um, I just think with all these guys, they had some very special primes, three to five years of just, you know, pure dominance, especially a guy like Ryan Howard. I think it was three years of, you know, like almost top three MVP. One of the most feared hitters. Exactly. And then also with Prince Fielder, uh, you know, three to five years of just great hitting. Um, had to cut his career a little bit short because I think it was neck problems. So he had to, of course, retire uh, early. And then also Carl Crawford, um, very, very good upbringing with the uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. But then, of course, kind of just I feel like melted off with Boston and also the Dodgers. Um, those three guys are, you know, I think they, they they had really good parts of their careers, but just never kept it together for 10, 15 years of their career. And then moving on to the last guy, Mark Burley. He's probably one of the guys that honestly gets a lot of votes I see, honestly, on social media nowadays. Um, almost 60 war, which is definitely something to be very, very proud of. And when you look at a career like that, 59.1 to be exact. 
for me, the ERA, you know, a 381 for a career, a 117. Alex, we were talking about it, I think, last episode. Very comparable to a guy like John Lester. And me and you both think John Lester will not be a Hall of Famer. Again, good pitcher, great for his time, um, you know, all-star starting pitcher. But I just don't think they had the elite enough numbers to stay, uh, you know, to be really highly considered for the Hall of Fame, especially Mark Burley. Numbers are very, you know, sporadic, I see. 3.84 ERA one year, and then a 4.28 the next year, and then a 3.59, then a 3.74, then a 4.14. You know, it just feel like the numbers are definitely, you just don't know what to expect from Mark Burley. You're not going to get consistent low three or two ERA kind of seasons from him. So that's why I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. Um, take me through your guys, Alex, that you have on yours list. Yeah, we have the same four guys that we have. I just have completely crossed out as um, I'm happy they're on, the, they're on the list. They deserve to be discussed, um, but I do not think that, I would ever see myself voting for them under any circumstance. Um, Burley, Crawford, Fielder, Howard, the same five. I just same four. Um, I will say, Travis, Burley was the hardest one for me um, because I do think he deserves lots of credit for getting 60 war. It's a very impressive figure to be at. He's not like too far off from Hudson, who mm-hmm. I do have in the middle area, but I will say that Hudson had a bit higher upside. I think Hudson's best single season, like ERA plus is like 170. That's like a you're getting some serious Cy Young votes, like top four Cy Young votes. I think yep. he finished like second or third or fourth. Um, but uh, the best uh, that uh, Mark Burley has ever finished with in a season is, I believe, 140. So you're maxing out at like a really good pitcher, but you're not. Your your max is not even like you're not even Cy Young talks really. Yeah. Um. Sorry, his best is 144. So he had two seasons of above 140, 140 and 144, and after that, Travis, his best. Uh, is 130 so it feels like he was very every single year you're above average pitcher for a long time doing lots of innings like every single year travis from his 2001 to 2014 he was going over 200 innings so consistently a workhorse and there's a lot of value in that but never was i would say a dominant pitcher in in one Mm -hmm. season Mm -hmm. would you say this guy's being dominant right now he's being very good in some years but um i'm a guy who loves peaks personal philosophy i just think that i like to see if you have a really great peak versus being average for a long time or above average for a long time i love to see a good peak for me he just barely doesn't crack being in that middle group i just don't think i'd ever be able to get around and vote for mark burley personally if someone else made a case for it i could see why but uh, for me i don't think he's getting a spot on my ballot ever crawford you summed up well on fielder um uh especially fielder and howard i think the war is just tells the story almost you have these first basemen who had really great peak seasons, but the defense was never good, and they kind of fell off really yep. quickly at a younger age than you'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, uh, it's almost like Travis. If our pools instead of the t- decade with the Cardinals, if that was like three years, that's almost like Ryan Howard. Like you were really, really good yep. for like three years, and then all of a sudden, like wait, what? Like you just kind of hit this crazy wall, and your numbers all just kind of uh, tanked. They plummeted downwards. Yep. So yep. because of that. Uh, I think Howard and Fielder uh, deserve to be here, but not on my ballot. And Sanford Crawford, great all-around player, great defender out there and left and had good things with different teams, but uh, he's not going to make my list either. Yeah, definitely impact players. But, um, you know, right. I think when you look at longevity, guys that look at, you know, I want if you want to see a guy that has played 15 to 20 years and was putting up all-star numbers for 15, 20 years, or like you, if you want to look at a guy that put up seven years to 10 years of just pure excellence, and then, of course, maybe faded down to a little bit of a lower level. Like you said, he had his peaks and valleys, but the peaks were very, very good. I could definitely see that. But I think these four guys, um, they really don't fit any of those kind of columns. I, Fielder and Howard definitely uh, had their high peaks. 
Um, but I just don't think they were long enough to be, you know, very, very, you know, considered to be the Hall of Fame. Right. So that kind of at least talks about our first column. The second column, at least I have everyone either X'd off or circled. So making sure that, um, you know, not, not none of these really in between maybes. Uh, I know definitely Bonds and Clemens for me are definitely those kind of guys where it's just like I we'll talk about in our final ballot. But yeah. Yep. Um, so kind of going down to the middle column. This, of course, uh, I'll start off by going with the guys that I checked off for who I would want to see in the Hall of Fame, uh, starting off with Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Jonathan Papelbon and Andy Pennant. Those are my looks like six guys that I checked off for. I'd want to see in the Hall of Fame um, if I had unlimited votes. But uh, share with me who you got for your ex list. Yeah, so my guys who I'd be putting in with unlimited votes is uh, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Joe Nathan, and David Ortiz. So I'm missing two guys that you did have. Okay. And I'll just go ahead and say right now, those two guys that you did have, I have them in the middle section. So okay. For me, okay. there's some muddiness. We'll start there. Yeah. Let's start with those two guys, and then we'll talk about the guys we have like in for sure. Mm-hmm. Peppa Von Travis, I think, had a really, really good prime. His couple seasons in a row, he was like around a one-year, right? like a point nine one year, and then like a one-point-something the next year. A really special peak and had some longevity because he got to 300 career saves. So there's a lot to like about him. For me, he just... He's just uh, there's just a lot of relief pitchers that are not in the Hall of Fame. I think might have been better than him. Yeah. Um. And so for that reason, I'm kind of and stuck. a couple in the ballot. That's true. That's true. So I think for that reason, he's a kind of in the middle for me. I do think that he could get there for me. I think there's a really good chance he could get there for me because I think uh, relief pitchers are kind of underrepresented in the Hall yep. of Fame. I think there's like six in the Hall of Fame. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think there's way more closing pitchers that have last like had a huge impact on the game yeah so many memorable memorable moments it's the hall of fame and you know they're equally famous and important as many other you know uh people but for me pavel bond just barely I, I can't i can't give him a full check quite yet uh, maybe when some other closers do get in i'll be okay pavel bond in, in this class with these guys but uh, for me just not quite yet for me pettit trevis he did confess to doing steroids that didn't matter for me with Bonds and Clemens because they were so special. For me, it just put Pettit in the checkmark category instead to being in the middle. It just knocked him down mm-hmm. a slot. And that's just because I think he had a really good career. Honestly, almost not too different from Mark Burley, but I think more war for Pettit and also be- better upside, some better peak seasons, which is what I really like to see. And I think a lot of postseason innings. <laughs> exactly. Well put. Yeah. The postseason was very special for Pettit, and the peak seasons was special. That's why I would give him more credit than a guy like Burley. That's personally just for my money. I would go with favoring Pettit. But then Pettit had the PED, uh, you know, confession. For me, you know, it's not the end of the world for him. He's not like, oh, you should never be on my on my Hall of Fame. I think he should be thought about and talked about. He's in the middle for me, though. I'm not quite sure. So tell me why you why you give those guys the nod. Yeah, you know, Pablo's definitely a guy that. Uh, He's a he's a very rare case because, you know, he, I think he had 12 years pitched in Major League Baseball and you need to have 10 years to even get on the ballot. So he honestly just barely squeezed in. I think with Papelbon, I just respected the, of course, 244 ERA and the 177 ERA plus, which is pretty elite um, comparing it to other closing pitchers of all time. But he is a guy that I think honestly just had a good decade and really just played one decade in Major League Baseball. And after that, it's, you know, career is over and done with. So um, I think just looking at the numbers, that's why I squeezed him in. 
Um, things could get different with the official ballot, but that's why I, I that that's basically I saw from him just squeezing him barely uh, just because the numbers were so good, especially those years in Boston. I feel like he was so locked down. He was a great rival to Mariano Rivera, who, of course, was still locking down games. But um, Pat Bond was doing a great job for Boston. But that's for him. And then Pettit, you know, for me, I think it's just because of, uh, you know, just the postseason uh, workhorse that he was. A guy like Mike Messina got in a couple of years ago, and that really was a great great comparison i think both those guys are uh definitely have very yeah comparable careers so uh that's why i see pettit on my next off list because of the postseason just workhorse and i think honestly he was just part of that yankees rotation for almost two decades almost kind of like jeter um you know going out with mariano and i think posada to go get to go get um uh, when it was Rivera's last game, they all went out there to get the ball from Mo. So uh, he's kind of an all-time Yankee, part of that Yankees dynasty that started in 95, 96. Um, I like Pettit just from look, that. But Looking at his page, Travis, it's crazy how many series yeah. of the postseason he was like in. Like 270 innings pitched in the postseason. Yeah, in 95, uh, played one series. In 96, played three series. In 97, played a series. 98, made it to the World Series. 99, World Series. 2000, World Series. 2001 made it to the World Series. It's like every single year every they're single playing year. multiple seasons. Then goes to Houston, makes the World Series, goes back to the Yankees. Especially when series. yeah, when Houston was doing really really like, well. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Like this man made it to the this guy made it up to the postseason almost every season of his career, and then they almost made a World Series run uh, to you know at least win their pennant like almost yeah. every year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. really. You know, even if it's not all on his back, uh, he's still a big part of a lot of big wins for those teams. So um, there's definitely a strong case for him. For definitely. me, the PED just kind of takes it down one tiny notch. But yeah, he, yeah. he could get there for me oh, someday for sure. Uh, let's talk about the guys now, Travis, who are just uh, can't see us ever voting for them. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, uh, Jake Peavy, AJ Prezinski. Those are the guys for me. Uh I assume we're one hundred percent the we same. The yeah. same, yeah. So, <laughs> and and these are guys that honestly, I would even say, will I I will definitely bet will probably get less than five percent of the vote on, yeah. on this ballot. I I, I mean, y- you really can't make a case for I feel like any of these guys. I mean, Morneau with the MVP, okay. Lincecum, two Cy Youngs back to back years. That of course is a huge case, but you know what? If you win two Cy Youngs and then your just career goes downhill, that of course does not in any any way, shape, or form for me valid you to be a hall of famer for me Charles, i think lincecum is a guy who you know he's gonna live in in giant history of course because he went back to back cy youngs you're on uh three world series winning teams with the same team very special in a five-year span um was good pretty much all those years uh maybe not great but at least good um and travis i would say uh it's it's hard for me because i'm a lincecum fan and he had a really great Obviously, a legendary back-to-back years, but then you could say it's, it's a great like five-year stretch, maybe. But then it really, really dips. Um, 20, 2012 and on just was you know not even league average. So right, yeah, and then had some you know some decent spots in the postseason as well throughout that run, but uh, not yeah not the same guy after the first couple seasons, of course. Um, for me, I like Peak. So honestly, like he's someone who I really you know cherish and give a lot of props to, but. Um, I think that 10 years played with – it's kind of crazy, Travis. 10 years played and five of the years a below-average ERA+. plus. So it shows like the peaks were really high, but the lows were really low. And they were low for a while. It was you know five straight years of being below average. So um, unfortunately, when it's to come, I could never see myself voting for a guy who just did 10 years with that level of 
inconsistency or kind of, you know, up big up and big down. So we kind of agree on that. More no, Travis, we agree. The MVP is nice, but honestly, Travis, the MVP year, you look at his season, it wasn't like, oh, this is like an MVP, like what a legendary, like he's the type of guy who I think, you know, if maybe Vladdy Guerrero this season, he's one of the guys who maybe could have beat out more no, you know, like there are some, you know, really solid seasons from guys who didn't, didn't win the MVP that, you know, are probably better than that more no season. Um, keep moving down, Jake PB, Travis, not too far off on Lincecum, a really great peak early in the career, kind of fell off, um, did not stick around the league for too, too long. And then, uh, you know, when he was towards the end, it wasn't uh, as pretty as when he was in his prime. Uh, and then Prasinski, Travis. I don't even think he'll get, I honestly don't think he'll get 0.5% of the vote. I think he'll get probably like two votes from like two Chicago voters. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably like, probably, it. I mean, you know, does he deserve to be on the ballot? You know, I think he has some sneaky, like not so bad numbers. Like there's some, he's got things going for him. Uh, a big part of an 05 World Series winning team. Some Chicago fans say it's the best team ever. I don't know about all that noise, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But definitely was a, a really good player uh, for, you know, almost, for, for, for multiple seasons and almost twenty four uh, career WAR. That's that's better. That's better than a lot of legends it's, out there in the game. Yeah, it's better. It's better than a lot of players. Um, a ninety four career OPS plus is below average, but for catchers, it'd be above average. He's yeah. above average hitter yeah. for a catcher standards. Was on really good teams. Obviously. Was playing lots of games. Travis with Chicago, it's like 128 games played, 140 played, 136 played. So he's playing like you know, uh, I would say a pretty high workload for a catcher standards. Um, but yeah, I think overall, Travis, the the counting stats don't make a great case for him at all. 188 home runs, what only, only, what am I looking at? Oh, 2,000 hits. So not too bad for hits. Okay. But yeah, I, yeah. For and me, a 280 average, honestly, for a catcher, very good. So yeah, I mean, he he gets there in some numbers, but overall. It doesn't really pass the eye test. Doesn't really pass the numbers test. I think the batting is yeah. not bad, but um, he doesn't get there for me at all. Yeah, I think we agree. So, uh, anything else in that column? Are we good to move? Yeah, I mean, I know we'll probably be talking about the other four guys that we, uh, you know, checked off at the, kind of the top of the list: Jones, Kent, Nathan, Ortiz. Most likely, probably later on our official ballots, I'll probably do a review with those guys. But sure, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty, uh, you know, straightforward with the, you know, the main guys that really do not deserve to be on this, and then of course the guys that are. Uh, you know, checked off for main, for main reason. But we can now move to the third column. Um, and this, of course, is another uh, controversial column because now you're getting into a lot of just fantastic hitters, fantastic MLB players. Um, it'll be interesting. I, this one, of course, I went back to, I have people that are circled, people that are checked off, and I have a couple, actually more than a couple that are just kind of left blank because it's just like, don't know what to do I really don't guys. know where to put you. Yeah. So uh, I guess for me, Alex, the guys that I checked off, if I had unlimited votes, um, I have three guys and it is Scott Rowland. It is Kurt Schilling and it is Billy Wagner. Give me your three and we can discuss. So these are the, your definite ins. Definite ins. Yeah. If so I had my, votes. Yeah. My definite ins, if I had unlimited votes, is going to be Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Sammy Sosa, Billy Wagner. So a very different group. A surprisingly different group. Nice. Right? Okay. So I'll just talk about my guys. Um, and then I'll let you talk about yours, I guess. So okay. A-Rod, for me, for me, he's a must vote for my personal ballot. If someone said, I'm not going to vote for you because you did steroids and you got caught, you know, when they were giving you suspensions and stuff, I get that and I'm okay yep. with that. But for my ballot, I could never see myself not voting for him because of how good he was before the steroids or how good he was despite the steroids. Like, regardless of what you're doing, pretty much a 700 home run hitter, 
playing shortstop and yeah. third base your whole career, being a great defender in your prime, uh, being on winning teams with the Yankees, you know, a really great 09 team. You know, that, you're like, that's going to help when you're, you know, an MVP type player on a World Series winning team. It helps a ton. He had a monster postseason as well. Um, you and I remember very well, of course. Uh, did some pain Too to, well. Did some yeah. pain to the Angels uh, that year and, and other years as well. So, um, I could I could talk about A Rod's accomplishments all day long. That's not why he's in this conversation, right? He's in this conversation because do the steroids leave too much of a smudge? And for me, the answer is just going to be no. And that's just because of how good he was, anyways. If he never, you know, if he if he retired after twelve seasons, I think Travis, he'd be a Hall of Famer, like for Definitely. me at least. So like, um, uh, I understand if the steroids make a smudge for some people, but for me, he's too good despite it. Uh, I'll keep going. Scott Rowland, Travis. One of the cleanest picks for me. Yeah. Like, no, like, he's probably Nothing the Nothing bad about him. <laughs> there's a chance, Travis, if I had one vote, I might vote for Scott Rowland. Really? Like, okay. There's just, like, there's just no hesitation. Like, I love the numbers. He's underrated. So, I think he deserves, like, people like me to say, okay, like, uh, let's get behind someone who needs some momentum. I can give him some yeah. momentum. Yeah. But at the same time, there's, like, nothing uh, controversial. And he, like, I think he deserves more credit than he gets. So, for me, Scott Rowland... Uh, we'll talk about him more in like the, our second chapter when we talk about like you know our actual ballots. But um, he's a check for me. Sammy Sosa, Travis. If I have unlimited votes, I'm gonna vote for Sammy Sosa because uh, he did steroids. You know, most likely true. Yeah. Uh, never admitted to it still, which is kind of crazy. He's like one of the few guys who never like has confessed. But I think the proof is in like the visuals. Like he really proof in the pudding. <laughs> he really bulked up. And the one time he ever got caught was in an anonymous leaked test that he volunteered for amongst other players. And some other names that came up came up in that test is guys like David Ortiz, amongst others. And it never said what the substance was. It could have been something different than steroids. At the end of the day, did he do steroids? Probably. But I think if you're gonna criticize him for that, there's other guys you have to look at as well that are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think that Sammy Sosa did enough on the field to get my vote. And then Travis, uh, Billy Wagner is my last uh, check. Yep. I just think that um, probably the best left-handed closing pitcher of all time, uh, an underrated uh, pitcher because of how long it's taking him to kind of get in and get some real traction. Um, it's looking like he finally might be on a good pace to get in, but uh I just think that his numbers are too good, and, and I'll get more to that uh, later on in, in the episode. But go ahead and talk to me about your guys who you who you put in. Yeah, and I respect the Sammy Sosa pick because I honestly, one thing that really just, one thing that really upsets me is when I see these ballots and I see guys like Bonds, Clemens, you know, Manny, A Rod, these guys in, but then of course there's just no vote for Sosa. And for me, I, I just ask myself, and I, I want to ask them, you know if we're just kind of ignoring the whole steroids thing, wouldn't 600 home runs be valid for, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, I think it's three or four seasons of 60 or more home runs in a season. Like be, only, only guy ever in that, yeah. in that shorter span. And, and, and so it's kind of like that where I, I definitely want to ask those kind of questions where, you know, I think guys leave Sheffield and Sosa off, but you know, I feel like those guys are at least Sosa it's, you know, 600 home runs. I mean, that, that, that right there is just pretty incredible. Uh, I mean, how many guys have gotten there? Less than 10, I think. But I think there are some voters who kind of put all they put guys in like a big in a big like blanket and they say, yeah. oh, like Sosa, you know, Maguire's not in and Sosa was like Maguire. So he's not in either. But in reality, like Sosa, you know, never failed a drug test. Did he do it? You can look at him and you can say, yes, he probably yeah. did it because he looked the really, body appearance changed. Yeah, he, he looked really yeah. big. They never, you know, I mean, he never got caught doing it. 
and uh, I think it's unfair to him. I think it's unfair to him. Yeah. He, he led baseball in home runs, in RBIs during his peak in his 30s. Um, he was probably, you know, using steroids, but so were many other players, and he was still one of the best in the league for several years in a row. So Yeah, and I, and going to my list of guys that I checked off, Roland, Schilling, Wagner. I mean, you basically, basically summed it up with Roland and Wagner. Um, Scott Roland, one of the best. I feel like just when you look at defense and hitting combined he is one of the best guys out there 70 war i mean um yeah definitely a uh, just and it's funny to to say his name when you think of third basemans in the 21st century you really did not think of scott Rowland that much but he did put uh, put up a lot of sneaky good seasons and um the awards the the defensive war the offensive war they all kind of back it up with him um and after i think taking out a deeper dive after last year's voting i definitely uh, added him onto my list because uh, the numbers are true and, and everything that he brought to the table um, with the Phillies and especially with those Cardinals teams that were so successful. Scott Rowan was one of the guys that was hitting right in the middle of the lineup. So mm. um, he's a great guy to have on the list. Billy Wagner, too, you know, one of the best lefties, left-handed relief pitchers of all time, um, just so electric. So he has to be on the list. And then last, I had Kurt Schilling, um, almost an 80 war, Alex. Uh, Kurt Schilling, of course, out there with uh, uh, just, you know, with I think he shares his politics too much on social media. And that's what some people don't like uh, conspiracy stories or whatever. Just, you know, things that he's sharing that people are kind of just like, whoa, dude, you know, pump the brakes. Just like calm down a little yeah. bit. But, um, you know, looking at his career, I mean, even starting off with the, with the 79.5 career war, that, of course, is incredible. 200 plus wins, a 3.46 ERA, um, over 3,000 innings pitched, a 3,000 strikeout uh, pitcher. So a lot of the numbers that you're, that you're already, I'm already saying, he's already meeting the criteria to be in the Hall of Fame. No Cy Youngs, but had uh, three top two finishes where yeah, you know he, he was competing with his big teammate uh, Randy he, Johnson. He would have three if his teammate wasn't Randy Johnson. If Randy Johnson didn't exist, he'd probably have three, which is crazy to think. Yeah. If, imagine if he did have three. It'd yeah, be, be exactly. You're, you're looking at other uh, iconic just, I mean, pitchers of all time right there. That I think three Cy Youngs might definitely put you into a Hall of Fame, cons- you know, just, you know, discussion just by just having those three stats. But um, just a good pitcher, a good longevity pitcher of, you know, always having consistently good ERAs, especially finishing up with the Phillies and then going to Arizona um always was floating at a high two low three area I feel like for the entire career and um that right there is very valid uh to be a hall of famer and then also of course 2004 uh one of his best seasons with Boston of course the bloody sock his socks in the hall of fame but Kurt Schillen is still yet to be known into the hall of fame this of course is his last year so um really big voting to happen on this uh this next week for the hall of fame voting but Kurt Schilling I think just consistently the whole entire career was a great pitcher um and 20 years in the, in the, in the league. So, uh, he is on my list, Alex. I know he didn't, he was not on your list. Um, but if you want to move to the guys, I guess that you, you probably didn't X out or even circle some guys right. they're kind of in that middle ground. Share with me kind of those guys on your list. So, uh, a lot of the guys you mentioned are kind of in this category for me, actually not, not so much, but I'll get, I'll get into it right now. My guys who are the maybes in the maybe group, it's going to be Manny Ramirez, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield and Mark Deshera. So I'll just hop into that. Actually, give me your maybes and then I'll hop into mine. My, my yeah, so my maybes uh, are going to be Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez. Um, Got it. Jimmy Rollins is a maybe. I did a little bit of evalu- evaluation on him the past couple weeks. Um, I'll, I'll share with you my final ballot. I think we're having very good similarities, but he's in my maybes right now. And then I have Sheffield and Sosa in my maybes as well, just, of course, with um, steroid allegations and just everything in PEDs. So, um I guess starting off with your guys, tell yeah. me a little bit what what you think on those. Yes, yeah, so I'll jump in. So Manny Travis, um, if he was a clean player, 
it'd be an easy vote. He is yeah. not for me. There's a difference between him and A Rod, um, and him and Sosa. Even I think that Manny could be one of the best right-handed pitch- hitters of all time. But he was a very, uh, I guess we all knew him for his like almost bloopers out there in left yeah. field, yeah, like a defensive liability, a liability in the base pass as well. But was such a great bat, yeah. And having steroids tied to someone who is just kind of a really great bat is going to be a minus compared to a guy like A-Rod who's five tool and was kind of generational from day one as like a yeah. a crazy athlete that, you know, was doing things on all sides of the ball, stealing bases, playing good defense at a prime position. Manny, you kind of threw him on left and crossed your fingers. Um, and then the hitting was um, was absolutely awesome for several seasons, but it was going to have that smudge of, of steroids. Um, for me, he just wasn't quite complete enough of a, of a, of a, of a portfolio. Yeah that the steroids could kind of be ignored for me. I could not ignore them. So he's going to be a smudge. I could see myself voting for him at some point. I really could because he was that special of a hitter. But um, A-Rod uh, and like guys like Bonds and, and Clemens are like, they were two like inner circle of Hall of Famers to leave off. But Manny, I think he's not in that inner circle looking at it, it's just his numbers. So for me, he's going to miss the cut. Uh, also in that group is Gary Sheffield. He is someone who is very similar to Manny in my mind, except for... Um, I saw less home runs, but still a 500 home run kind of guy. Bad defense, you know. Going to have the bad defense. Uh, I think some of his his defensive war stats are just atrocious. It's yeah. crazy. Like he has like yeah. some like two war seasons when he hit like 40 home runs because the defense <laughs> was was just t- it was just taking his value yeah, so down. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Sheffield also one of the best right handed hitters of his era. Just was not uh, complete enough for me. Uh, if the numbers were inner circle level, I would say, okay, well, despite the steroids, you're in. But I think the steroids for me, um, like Travis, there's a case to say if if Sheffield never had steroid allegations or never, you know, had the PED stuff, he might not have got a 500 because he was kind of barely crossed that 500 yeah, mark. So barely did, yeah. If he didn't get 500, I think people wouldn't even be talking about him with as much yeah. confidence for the for the ballot. Very true. Um, yeah. I'll keep moving on. Kurt Schilling, Travis, for me, um, like you mentioned, well. Uh, doesn't need to be, you know, don't got to dive too deep into this, but he does have some controversial uh, opinions and has said some things that have been, you know, taken very poorly, uh, you know, different things about different groups of people. And uh, one of the big ones is he is I think very, it was also like tax invasion too, or so he had like financial problems as well. I think or? he like, I think he like invested in this business or something like that. And like, or he tried to manage a business and it like completely tanked. And like I think like yeah something something it was some sort of like inside trading or, or yeah some, something, some something business, weird there's yeah. a business debacle there that um, <laughs> it is definitely going to be a minus I think he lost a lot of investors a lot of money really quickly but yeah. um, despite that like uh, he's been very critical of sports writers his whole life hates journalists and that's who votes for you so yeah. he's kind of burning his own bridge there um, Travis after last year when he did not get in he said don't put me in the ballot and I'll, I'll be i'll get on the veterans committee right yeah. and travis when he said that for me i said you made my job a lot easier yeah. now i can feel okay about not leaving you on just because for my money you're kind of buying me an extra spot and you're saying you're okay if i don't vote for you you're mm-hmm. okay with that yeah. so for me he's in the maybes for that kind of reason uh you're 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 literally telling me you don't care if i vote for you mm-hmm. so i'm gonna mm-hmm. go ahead and use my votes elsewhere fair point yeah uh, and, and, and you you could definitely argue that you know I have a limited vote, so I don't just vote for him. But for me, um, I think he's a good fit for, for my maybe category just because um, of the, I guess, his kind of, his his desire 
to get in on the veterans committee, I guess. So yeah. And, the, and the comments last year were, it, it was very surprising. It was just, I feel like we were watching some sort of reality drama TV show where it's right. like he didn't get his way. And then he just put a, I think he put a tweet out like five minutes after the whole entire thing. And it was like breaking news on Elmy network. And they're like, Kurt Schilling just tweeted and it's just like, He's okay, like, what, right. what is this world we're just living in right now? <laughs> it's like, you just send a public service announcement on Twitter and just saying, I, I take me off. Like, I don't want to be on the ballot. Screw the media. Yeah. I'll get in with the veterans committee. It's kind of like, okay, well that's not really the system, dude. Like it, right. I think they even came out 10 minutes after and they said, you know, breaking news, uh, Kurt Schilling, your name will be on the ballot next year, no matter what. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like just kind of like, you cannot withdraw your name. Your name will be on it, but it is up to people if they want to vote for you. So yeah. <laughs> and, and so if you if vote for him, Travis, I'm okay with it because the numbers are really, really good. You highlighted his career great. Also worth mentioning, the postseason was good. Was great for the Diamondbacks. Got him a World Series. Was a big part of that win. Goes to Boston. Great in their postseason. The famous yep. Bloody Sock game. You know, lots of big moments for him. Uh, big game pitcher as well as a consistent pitcher with a great peak. Numbers-wise, he probably gets in for me. That's why he's in my maybes because I really could see myself voting for him someday. But um, he's definitely not that inner circle. He's more just that I feel like that middle to outer circle tier right. starting pitcher where there there are so many, you know, he, he's not Pedro Martinez. He's not, you know, Tom Glavin or he's not, you know, a Greg Maddox kind of guy where yeah. it's like, OK, this guy's a definite. So he, he's somewhere on the border, somewhere on the fringe. And because of his whole comments about saying, you know, I don't want to be on the blah, blah, blah for me. OK, well, then you'll be you'll be you'll be my maybes. So yeah, yeah. continue with my maybes. Travis, the last one was Mark Teixeira. Um, it's surprising. Wow. I was, yeah. I'm married for Mark. Sure. Okay. It's, it's surprising because he is someone who, um, it would be hard for me to vote for him, but I do think there's a way where I could look at his career and say, you know, Mark to this year, you're getting my vote. I think that could happen. I think for me, he has to be a maybe, um, the peak numbers are not crazy, but you know, many years he probably should be getting top five MVP votes and just didn't. Um, in 08, he got MVP 20. But that's because he went from Atlanta to the Angels. So he's like NL and AL. Really hard to win MVP if you're going from NL for 100 games, then go to American League for 54 games. Like that's just going to be a difficult case to make. But that season, Travis, a 152 OPS plus, famously a great defender at first base, Mm -hmm. got, you know, multiple gold gloves in his career. Um, For that reason, I think, you know, a season like that, Travis, he really could have got. MVP votes if the 08 Angels team, you know, if he made a, you know, they were a good team, but if he made a bigger difference and like they, you know, went on some crazy run, you know, maybe he could have, you know, got some crazy MVP consideration. Um, but there's no way you're going to win it kind of split that way. But anyways, lots of prime seasons for him where I thought, you know, this guy um, is one of the best first basemen in baseball. Never like, uh, like played similar eras like our pools, never that level of peak production, but was able to be consistent for longer, I think, than players like, you know, Albert or a longer prime than Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, those kind of guys. Um, never fell off quite as hard. Only his last season was really that bad. Uh, but even the season before his last was like a 140 OPS plus, um, you know, above a 140 OPS plus multiple times, above 150 even a couple times. So um, for me, combined being a great hitter, uh, consistent kind of playing year in, year out, um, Combined with a really good defense for a third for first baseman, um, twenty six career steals too. Got some wheels. Not just kidding, but yeah, Charles. For me, <laughs> for me, he barely just does it. Um, I think that he's, you know, a two sixty eight career average might not give him much props, but overall a good uh, good amount of walks, uh, decent slugging, uh, for over four hundred career homers or four hundred career doubles. 
I think for me, there's like a, there's a world where I vote for him. There's a world where that happens yeah. in the future on the ballot where I vote for him. Is it possible he like doesn't get five percent this year and like I never get the chance? Yeah, that's possible. But yeah. for me right now, he's a maybe. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, go ahead and talk to me about the other guys who you're kind of questionable about, Travis. Yeah, and and uh, Tashera, like you said, the, you look at the numbers again, and you can kind of definitely you can pinpoint some some seasons that are just honestly. Like you should have you, you got elite you seasons. You should have got more MVP votes that year. Kind of yeah, thing. no, exactly. He had some very good years in Texas, then went to Atlanta for a couple years. Um, and then of course going to New York. The first couple years in New York, I think I, the first three to three years in New York were honestly very, very good seasons. 2009 finished second in MVP votes uh that season. But again, always winning gold gloves are always up there for gold glove nominations. I feel like when he played um, a lot of analysts and a lot of announcers would always highlight his defense because he was just such an underrated defender um, and, you know, basically playing the, the hot corner of the right side yeah. and uh, did a really good job at it. And, of course, being a very good switch hitter in the game. Um, Charles, I think one one kind of comp I had in my head that um, I remembered is, for me, it's almost as if you had a switch hitting uh, Rizzo. An Anthony Rizzo kind of type mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. You kind of got doubles. You got some sneaky home run power. Because consistently, a really good player. You're playing good defense. Like similar kind of peaks too, where Rizzo had like a 152 OPS plus one year, 146 another year. But um, right now, Travis Rizzo is kind of tailing down yeah. into being more of an average first baseman in the last like two years. Whereas Teixeira had a prime that was you know almost yeah. like almost like 15 years where you like you're still you're still above average yeah. in your in your 30s. But um, especially all the 2000s, I feel like every year in the 2000s he was still a just still an elite first baseman. Just looking yes. at all the numbers, um, power, you know, being able to walk, slugging percentage, all of it was very very good. Um, but again, for me, he's on my list. He's actually one of the guys I circled, and so he. Him and Omar Vizquel are the only two guys I circled on this column because I just, in my in my head, I just cannot see them being uh, full blown Hall of Famers in the uh, in, in Cooperstown. So that's why I have those two. Um, I think Omar Vizquel with him, it just came down to okay, he had elite defense, and I really appreciate that. But the hitting was just was was nothing to be at all Hall of Fame worthy. I, I think some of the hit numbers, Travis, like the career hit numbers, Travis. Uh, kind of fool people. I'll go ahead and say my guys who are definitely, I could never see myself voting for these guys in any circumstance. It's just going to be Jimmy Rollins and Omar Vizquel. So on Vizquel, we agree. Um, like the, the hit total for the career is, it shows that he was a good contact hitter for a long, long time, but just the lack of power and the average not even being that great when his career was all said and done. Um, it just really kind of shows that, uh, it's almost probably you're you're a much worse hitter than you got credit for. I think back in the day, people Definitely. thought like, oh, you know, he he puts the ball in play kind of thing. But in reality, the numbers in hindsight, it's not pretty. Was not walking a ton. Uh, was not slugging at all. Um, Travis, he's also someone who has PED yeah. uh, convictions or, <laughs> or, or accusations. <laughs> Makes no sense at all. Like had no power at all. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it helped his endurance a little bit, like able to play yeah. more games or something. But it, it, he, he didn't bulk up in any way, which makes it really confusing. But uh, he is someone for me. I could never get around to voting for him. I think the the defense was obviously really good. I think it gets kind of overrated a bit. I think, you know, he was just really kind of had great hands, didn't make a lot of errors. Um, but I think there's guys like, you know, Angleton Simmons, who I take Prime Simba over Prime Vizquel for like a series like any day of the week. Like 
Uh, that, that, I mean, that just, that's just that's not really the conversation we're having, but that's just kind of thought that came to my head. Yeah, and and I think also uh, I know we've talked about it too. Twenty four years in the league, he played till he was forty five. So yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of does. Does that does that really? help or hurt the number of hits he had in his career 28 it kind of shows uh, me the 2800 is kind of like you know if you played for 50 years like you're gonna get the three you're gonna get, a, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get, get there somehow you're gonna get the 3000 but it doesn't make you hall of famer you know definitely definitely and so that that's a good point to, to bring out as well for omar Vizquel because um Charles, we've, we've said this before if nick markakis yeah it's true he obviously retired but if he played like five more years and got like 150 hits each year he'd be right getting close to 3,000 like yep. it'd be very deadly and like I told you one time Travis if Nick Markakis gets 3,000 hits would you say he's a Hall of Famer and you said absolutely not and I was like he'd be the first guy with 3,000 not to get the Hall of Fame and you said there's no way I would vote for Nick Markakis yeah, yeah. 3,000 hits I don't care and, that, yeah. and, that, and that's fair because it is a big milestone but Vizquel didn't even get there if Vizquel got there we could talk about that but he didn't even get there and um, I think he would be the most hits by a player besides steroid people, most hits by any player to not get in. That could be wrong, but I think that I think that's true. I, I think it's true. I think I think I'm pretty sure it's true. And that kind of brings up the same point as like 500 home runs. You know, you could have 25, uh, you know, I think was it 20 times 25 is going to get you to 500 or is it 25 times? I, my something like that. Front. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, just looking at that, if you had uh 25 seasons and you had 20 home runs a year that's right would you get to you know you got to 500 would you be oh this guy's a hall of famer you know because well, like, like it, it, it comes down to you know understanding percentages versus counting and like if yeah. you did 25 years of 20 home runs that's not really elite power you're just kind of doing decent power a long time yeah. whereas 500 home runs it's supposed to be about these guys who had elite power but you know yeah um different way to kind of look at those kind of clubs uh, I'll go ahead and say Jimmy Rollins real quick, Travis. For me, I just don't see him getting my vote. Um, you mentioned we'll talk about him later, so I'm I'm down to do that. Um, yeah, and, and one thing I'll point out with Jimmy Rollins, I think the only reason I kept him not on my, um, you didn't make you like he's in the middle. He's in the middle for me. The only reason I thought about that is, of course, I think that just having one MVP and also close to you know just about 2,500 hits, almost a 3,000 hits guy, also 511 um, doubles in his career, over 500 doubles, and of course the triples, over 100 triples in his career, having 20 triples in 20 uh, 2007. So you know it, it's kind of funny, and you know not a not an awful power hitting shortstop. Of course, the MVP season having 30. Uh, home runs that year but um yeah you know i think the only things i look at this on his uh resume is you know almost 500 stolen bases and he has 511 doubles so almost you know two categories were over 500 which actually is pretty impressive that's a crazy uh, um, group i'm sure and you know it's it, it's I, I don't i look at his i look at his stats and i don't see at all a hall of famer but i just see a guy that honestly will probably linger on the hall of fame ballot i think he was just a he was a very popular name and I think voters will definitely respect that. And I think he will probably get, uh, you know, in between five to 15% of the vote probably for the next couple of years, you know, just kind of, I think still lingering on the ballot. I don't think he's going to make any crazy big, uh, you know, momentum pushes upward, but, um, there are some stats. Majority of it is all counting stats. It's not percentage stats, but all the counting stats, there are some good, um, career numbers and also peak numbers that he put up, um, season and season out. So, uh, that's why he was in my middle ground, but I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't think, um, he'll ever get to Cooperstown. He, at least I don't think he deserves to be in Cooperstown for my opinion, but, um, that kind of sums up our, uh, you know, are basically kind of looking at the list of players that we would give votes to if we had unlimited votes. Also, I think some of my votes that I made were also 
who I would keep on the ballot. I think some of the votes I wanted to give to certain players, like maybe someone like a Tory Hunter, I want to keep you on the ballot because a you're an angel. I like you. And also very good career. It was a good career that he had. Um, I don't think he's going to be a final hall of famer when his career is right. done or when, right. it, when his, when he's on names on the ballot is over. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's kind of how I did my judging on that last list. And then, of course, the guys that I circled, those are the guys that I just honestly, Carl Crawford, I, I just I don't see you at all making a single push or A.J. Przezinski. I don't see you guys making a single push towards 5% at all into the uh, into this week's voting. So um, and then, of course, the middle middle ground people that I did not vote for or had did not have a checklist or a circle. Again, it's probably a lot of steroid allegations or you're just kind of in this just middle tier that I'm just very, you know, it's very up in the air. Yeah. So on the fence and we can kind of, you know, hash out some of that stuff as we say who we would vote for if we had our actual ballot. So definitely. So Travis, we can move into that now. So just in case any you know, folks listening uh, aren't sure the way it works is you got 10 years to be on the ballot. Uh, if you don't make it in 10 years, you're off the ballot. And there are, th- I think just three people, right? Three people who are, uh, if they're don't get it in this year, they will not ever be able to be voted in by the, these Hall of Fame writers for this type of ballot, and that's going to be Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. So, and also Sammy Sosa. Okay, you're right. Sammy, Sammy Sosa, Sosa is well. the last guy on this list. So, four guys. Um, this is their last time. This is the tenth year. Um, it's it's, it's basically it's, it's, it's do or die for them. I mm-hmm. mean, you can get in the Hall of Fame other ways. For folks that don't know, like there's a veterans committee. There's other types of committees where they kind of get a group of people together and they vote on people who missed it in past ballots which is a great system because there are tons of players there are from old times we talked about it last week all the legends that have not made the hall of fame we hope that they can get their justice in the future but travis let's get into our guys uh the maximum you can vote for is 10 um you can also vote for no one uh, you can vote for as many as you want between zero and ten so i'll just go ahead and say my philosophy going in is i'm going to use all 10 votes because i think that there are more, there are at least 10 Hall of Famers on this thing of guys who I want to see in the Hall of Fame someday. So I'm going to try to use my votes the best way I think that makes the most sense to me. Um, there's going to be arguments for a lot of different ways because there's a lot of guys we like on this list. So mm-hmm. um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just run off the 10 names or you want to go down the columns? Or? We could do the columns again, just kind of separate okay. into different uh, sections to kind of, yeah, hopefully ease everything in. Okay, cool. So starting with the first column, Travis, I checked off four names here. I checked off, I am voting for Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Todd Helton. That means I'm not voting for Mark Burley, not voting for Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, Tim Hudson, or Tori Hunter. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and tell me about your column. Yeah, first column, one vote, Todd Helton. Wow. So I am going just Todd Helton, the first column. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yep. Okay. Wow. Well, so we have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess first thing we talk about is Todd Helton. Go for it. Yeah. Basically for me, Todd Helton, uh, one of the premier lefty power hitting first basements of, you know, the early two thousands. I know he played at Coors, but I really don't want to have that be something that's held against him. They put a, they put a franchise in Coors. They put a franchise, I'm sorry. They put a franchise in Denver. Um, and, I don't want to hear anything about, oh, well, you know, it, it's way easier to hit home runs there. Um, 316 career uh, batting average, a 61.8 career war, 414 career on base, and a 539 career slugging. To me, these are all just numbers that point to a Hall of Fame resume, a 953 OPS. That right there, if you're above a 950 in my eyes, you are an elite hitter and you have to be in Cooperstown. So um, I see him there as being a definite Hall of Famer, uh, 133 OPS plus. 
Uh, and then, of course, the home runs. Not You're not really going to see uh, you know, 500 home runs from Todd Helton. Only had 369, but just a doubles machine. Eight shy of 600 doubles, which to me is just Monster. pretty insane if you're looking at that. Uh, and, of course, the walks, very high, and RBIs, very high for Todd Helton. More walks than strikeouts in his career, which, of course, is something that uh, is a good number we like, we like to, of course, point out all the time. But I think he's like... I could be wrong, but he's like one of the only players uh, or maybe only player to like 200. Uh, if you combine doubles and home runs, he has 200 in two years, which is like, that's a crazy, like you're getting a hundred right. extra base hits per year for back-to-back years. Like that's, that's pretty monstrous. Yeah. Looking at 2000 and 2001, he had 59 doubles and then 54 doubles. And then he had 42 homers and 49 homers. But you know, I think he checks off the list for me when you look at longevity. He had a great career that every single season was putting up great numbers and also the prime numbers. 2000, he had a 1.162 OPS. I mean, 62 points above what Christian Yelich had, and he batted 372 that season. Just an absolute insane season. Um, And, of course, winning Silver Sluggers almost every single year and also getting gold gloves. So I look at almost a five-year prime that checks off my list, and then also the longevity. He checks off all the lists for that. He is in my list. Um, he's in your list, too. I'm pretty much for the same reasons, Alex. Yes. Um, I guess that we can kind of turn over to the next, the three other guys that I did not have on my list. Um, start yeah. with, let's start with Bobby Abreu. I agree. I was going to say, let's start with Bobby. We'll get to the steroids, guys, in a second. Uh, <laughs> starting out with Bobby, Travis, it's just going to come down to clean player. Do you think he makes the cut? I say yes, you say no. I'll make some arguments, I guess, for Bobby. Um First reason why I voted for him, Travis, is because I have a strong fear he might not get 5%. So mm-hmm. I think it's valuable for me to give him my vote. Um, I think I'm doing something good by trying to keep him on. He's someone who I think that deserves to have more of a conversation about him. Um, so I hope he sticks around yep. on the ballot so that way people can kind of keep giving him kind of a, you know. But let, let's think about Bobby, Bobby Abreu a bit more than we are. So uh, one thing, Travis, he's got going for him is uh, really consistent, like year after year being, you know, an above average hitter, right fielder, you know, 140, above a 140 OPS plus in like a nice four-year stretch prime. Um, did not get as many MVP votes as he should have many years because he was playing very solid defense, was a really great hitter, great at walking, a 395 career on base percentage, um, and also hit for really good like gap power, 50 doubles in one year, over 45 doubles, you know, several times. So um, a lot to like about Bobby. Also stole lots of bags. Surprisingly, a very complete player. You might think you might think of him and say, "Oh, Bobby Bray, you know, 300 batting average, 30 home runs, good player." But I see a I see a much more complete player than that. Um, an interesting stat I was able to find on Stathead, Travis. I made some kind of categories and did this kind of um, interesting thing. The only players in MLB history with more walks and more doubles than Bobby Abreu is Barry Bonds. Stan Musial, Carl Yastrzemski, and Pete Rose. Wow. That's it. Wow. And Pete Rose is only really there because he played for so long to, <laughs> yeah. to, to get those doubles yeah. and those walks. In my mind, you know, if you're looking at like he has he has by far the fewest games played of all those guys I mentioned. Because Bobby Abreu, um, you know, was not the Pete Rose where you're playing 25 seasons or Yastrzemski played like 24 seasons and Musial and Bonds had long careers too. Um the games played are so much less. He actually has Charis. He has one thousand fewer games than Pete Rose. That's wow. crazy to think. Wow. But he yeah. still was able to. You know, there's only a you know a small handful. Thousand of, games. Yeah. Four, four players who have only have more 
walks and doubles than Bobby Bray in the history of baseball. And he also has, you know, 4,000 steals. A lot of really big milestones he got without even playing that many games. Not a home run hitter in terms of 500 club. Not a hits guy. He only has uh, 2,470 hits. But in terms of walking, he did it a ton. Stealing bags, was great at it. Played very solid defense, consistently a good hitter. That's my case for Bobby Abreu. I think he's sleep uh, a sleeper candidate for me. I think I would vote for him to keep him on, get more conversation around him. Hopefully one day he can catch some more momentum. Do I think he'll get there? I do not think so. Um, I would like to see him get a lot more props than he gets, though. Um, tell me why you didn't uh, don't like the Abreu case. I yeah, guess. you know, for me, Bobby Abreu, um, of course, good respect for him for being, you know, had a great season 2009 with the Angels. But I think that just he was just so much in the shadow of so many great outfielders and right fielders of his generation and time and era um i just think that he uh put together a lot of good seasons i just don't see them as being kind of an elite player that uh you know belongs in the uh cooperstown fraternity of players uh you know i mean i will look at the the doubles very impressive with the stolen bases had some very good counting stat numbers as well as percentage stat numbers but i don't know i just don't think his name and what he was able to do his entire career uh, is basically going to be suited best when it comes to the players that he is going to be around in Cooperstown. When you look at the immortals of the immortals, um, there are, of course, some players there that I will definitely say they should not be there. But of course, uh, yeah, I think media likes them a lot. Uh, and so Bobby Abreu, in my opinion, um, a good hitter, a good outfielder in his generation. Uh, for me, I just cannot see him having the Hall of Fame um, icon next to his name. So and I'll go that's ahead. for me. Yeah, uh, makes a lot of sense. I understand the cases against him. Um, one last thing I'll tack on, Travis. His career is 60.2 war, baseball reference war. Mm-hmm. Ichiro, 60 career war. Yeah. Sammy Sosa, less than 60 war. Vladimir Guerrero, less than 60 war. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. really legendary players, less than 60 war. Yeah. Um, Sheffield is at 60 war as well, but a very more complete player in my mind. Um, so there's kind of this class of guys who are, some are borderline like Sosa and Sheffield, but you could argue uh, Bobby was actually cleaner than them. Ichiro and Vladdy, obvious Hall of Famers, but he's right up there with similar war and similar level of completeness. So um, I like Abreu's case a lot as a right fielder, you know. Uh, and what's crazy is a guy like him playing in today's era, he would be one of one of the best outfielders in yes. the game right now. And so that yes. it's it's an interesting thing to talk about because it's it's it sucks that it's it's such a disadvantage when you look at the era you play in and it's right. just like you played in the steroid era. It, You're it playing sucks. in that stacked mm-hmm. outfield mm-hmm. of that early 2000s. Tons of these huge sluggers who were doping up and ripping 500, 50, yeah. 50, 50 home runs in a season. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't in that group of guys. He was in his own kind of group. Um, I like his case. Let's talk about Bonds and Clemens now. Mm-hmm. A big elephant in the room for this whole ballot is <laughs> the voters are going to decide what do they think about steroids. Uh, personally, for me, Travis, uh, I, I take every steroid player case by case. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, when did you use? Uh, did we know for sure that you used? Um, how good were you if you before you used? And you know, were you good enough without steroids? Or you know, maybe you know you wouldn't be the same with steroids. The way I look at it, Barry Bonds, if he retired ten years into his career, probably would have made the Hall of Fame. I agree. Um, and so for that reason alone, if you were a Hall of Famer and then you cheated and you became the greatest player ever. I'll say, okay, (laughs) well, even before you cheated, you were going to be one of the best players ever. Um, I think that if you say, 
he cheated the game of baseball. I don't want him on my ballot. That's kind of fine. I don't think he's going to get in on this, you know, ballot. I think he was at 60% last year and needs 75 to make it. And I think everyone was saying that with the trends there, they just, they cannot see you making 15% in one year. So yeah, every trend I've seen on like the current tally. So like people can like look at, you know, how many people have already voted because like sometimes votes get, uh, they get made public and he's like not really trending for a huge gain at all. So as well as for Clemens, but for bonds, I just see a player who, you're the best player of all time, yeah, but you cheated. And before you cheated, you were still yeah. like baby Mike Trout. So yeah. um, for that reason, I like Barry's case a lot. Um, he's just going to, he's going to do it for me. I think, you know, there's lots of uh, scandal, but at the end of the day, he saw his peers uh, having more home runs and we're getting more MVP votes because they were doping up. He said, if I do what you guys are doing, I'm going to break the game of baseball. And, yeah. he, and then he did it. He broke the <laughs> yeah. game of baseball. Yeah. He put up the best seasons ever. So for me, um, you know, I think he gets the nod. Roger Clemens, Travis. Seven Cy Youngs. Seven Cy Youngs <laughs> had a crazy longevity that makes no sense because only steroids. Like you were pitching yeah. at an elite level in the mid 80s, pitching at an elite level in like the late 2000s. Like, how does that make any sense? Um, but was on many postseason teams, was, you know, good overall. There's a crazy level of so many crazy high peaks in the 80s and the 90s. And 2000s it's really crazy um for me it's very similar to bonds uh i don't know how much i don't know what you would have accomplished if you never did steroids but it would have been enough kind yeah, of thing yeah um for me he gets my nod uh also there's controversy there but i do think for me um if your production is inner circle level like you're one of the best of all time i think that steroids for me i'll knock you down a tier but you're still a hall of famer so for me they both get my nod tell me why you decided to not go with those big steroid guys uh, for this list yeah and i think my honestly my probably my whole life i've been this been this way i i wasn't going to change it up this year um i think they're both two outstanding players and i think bonds had to make i think he had to make a choice i think he when he was you know just about in his early years in san francisco and there's a bunch of documentaries that have come out with barry bonds you know i think he made a choice where do i want to be you know a great player and just kind of cruise my way into cooperstown or do i want to be you know the best hitter to ever live but I got to do some things that are dirty along the way. Um, I know he chose that path with, you know, getting a little dirty out there, 73 home runs in a ballpark where you don't see guys hitting 35 home runs very often. And he hit 73 mm -hmm. at, at the one time is, I think it was AT&T park or pack bell park, what it was called, but um, now Oracle. But um, I think with bonds, he had to choose either, you know, records or hall of fame, you know, cleanness, cleanness. And so, I I definitely it, it's it's such a tough one to go with. Um, I still think he's probably one of the greatest hitters of all time. What he's able to do, but I think when it came to the cleanness cleanness and the way that he, uh, you know, changed the game, uh, in in the sense that I think people were very upset with the way baseball was headed, just because I think Bonds was the the face of the steroid era. You go to a bunch, of, you look back in you know the early two thousands. You even look at a bunch of cartoon episodes of you know family guy or south park whenever they talk about steroids they always have a picture of barry bonds it was barry yeah. bonds was the face of cheating right and so because he was so good when he was cheating exactly it made it obvious like, and this is what happens when these guys do steroids. and you had to find the villain that was going to best represent that also with clemens clemens also having some legal issues when it came i think to testifying and even lying in front of like a court um and so uh clemens as well being uh you know a guy that just wasn't maybe not the best guy that wanted you know best example you wanted to show to people um one thing it kind of sucks alex is you know 
you look back at this time with Bonds, I mean, me and you didn't really even know the game too much when they, when these two guys were playing um, in the early 2000s. And it's kind of a, I really wish I could able to go back to watch 2001 to 2004 Bonds as like I am right now. Cause I think it would just be like, I, I you just be looking at like what what's going on like who yeah. who is this guy and what is he doing, I mean you're almost looking at like Wilt Chamberlain kind of numbers right. Um, <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain was born again and played. It, I mean you're, you're you're doing 50 points a night and you're just like I don't understand what's going on right now and so, uh, but for me integrity wise I did not want to have them on the list. Um, they're great players but it's just a controversial one where I I'm I'm going to be part part of the group that's going to leave them off of the Hall of Fame list. So, um, those two guys incredible guys but. Um, yeah, off list. And you know what, what? What just sucks too is there's so many guys, and I know we'll get to the third column. And there's so many guys that I, of course, did not check off. And w- what upsets me is it's just it, you know, is is did they really do it? Some guys, you know, it never got proved that they did it. But of course, you know, the guy like Kaseko who came out with a bunch of list of players that said I saw all these guys do it. I saw. I gave, pudge. A, I gave a needle to Pudge. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I gave a needle to Pudge, and it's like okay, but like, do I do I have to trust your word? I, I mean, it, it's, and, and and there are guys like you know. Bad, and, and Bagwell, they, 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 they could have done it. They Bagwell really and Pudge, there's accusations. They're in the Hall of Fame. McGuire, I don't know if he tested positive. I think he confessed to doing it, but not in the Hall of Fame. Just you really know? big. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and it, it's 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 already tarnished because yeah. there are guys who did it that are in. There's guys who did it who are out. There's guys who cheated in other ways. I'm sure that are in, and guys who cheated and they're out. So for all those reasons, it's definitely a difficult call. Uh, so we disagree on that. Right, but and, and and I definitely see vote getters who, of course, are going to vote for all these guys because they say, you know what, like you said, there. Are, who knows if Bagwell or Pudge Rodriguez or some of these other guys all did it? If Mike Messina did it or anything like that, we don't know. But it's like if they're in, let's just put it all to a side and let everyone else in. I mean, the commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, is in the Hall of Fame, and you know he is some guy that honestly should not be in the Hall of Fame after pretty much a la- pretty much becoming famous. From letting all this all the steroid stuff happen, that, so that's one of the best points that we left out is that you know the commissioner who you know would get got you, you got credit because baseball thrived in the steroid era. Everyone saw like that summer where McGuire and Sosa are chasing Save baseball, yeah. ch- chasing you know home run records, Maris, tra- yeah. trying to break history, and the commissioner who got the credit for it is in the Hall of Fame. Um, how does it fare to Bonds for not letting him in when? A guy like uh, the commissioner is, you know, he he profited he profited off it. He got a big boost in his reputation because of how popular the league was in that time. So that's a good point as well. Um, I, one, one thing I point out with Bonds, and I, I mean Bonds is probably the one guy I I look at his baseball reference page, and I think every single time I look at it, I just get surprised with a new stat that I just never knew. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I just I I am laughing at looking at the stat a 480 on base in his final season. I mean, he led the now he led major league baseball in walks and on base percentage. And you're an old man at 42 and he and, went and hung it up. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, I think, tw- I think no one wanted him and he could have been the best DH in baseball oh. the next season. <laughs> he could have been so many teams DH. I mean, I, I think he was just kind of done with San Francisco and I think he wanted to go out as a giant, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you look at, I mean, I mean, you talk about a bad season from bonds, a 1045 OPS that season. I mean, and a 169 OPS plus, and you're just kind of saying that was an okay season from Bonds. I mean, right now that's literally almost like a Juan Soto kind of season. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, that's one stat I wanted to point out because I'm just again blown away with that stat number, and and you know, also with those you know intentional walk uh, stats that you can always read out with you know 
I think it was, I forget which player it was. Someone had a, a, you know, a hundred and something intentional walks in their career and Bonds had 120 in one year, you know? Yeah. I I mean, just stuff like that where you just really can't even, you can't really describe some of these hitting stats. It's just so insane because of course the steroids were, you know, leaning pitchers to saying, I'd rather just walk you with the bases loaded and take the run than give up a grand slam to you because I know you're going to hit an extra race hit on me. So, um, that kind of just, I guess that sums up our two, you know, differences on Bonds, Clemens, and of course, Abreu. Abreu, of course, is a little bit cleaner because we can both say he's a clean player. I think it all just came down to the production um, production, and, and and basically what he was compared to with his peers um, at the time uh, with Bobby Abreu. But yeah, I think that kind of sums up the first column. Uh, Alex, want to move to the second one? Yeah, let's do it. I'll go, ahead, I'll go ahead and read off who I got checked off as I am voting for you in this column. Only two names, which is surprising. Um it's going to be Andrew Jones and David Ortiz. So okay. my non-picks right now are Jeff Kent, Tim Lincecum, Justin Morneau, Joe Nathan, Papelbon, Jake Peavy, Pettit, and Perzinski. Go ahead and tell me who you got checked off. So I got four guys on this column. Um, same with you, Andrew Jones. He's a guy that is just like Scott Rowland. I took a deeper dive, and this is actually the first year I am pretty much coming out to vote for him. Endorsing him, yeah. Yeah, so Andrew Jones. I have Jeff Kent. I have Joe Nathan, and then I have, of course, Big Poppy David Ortiz on my uh, checkoff list for this column. So um, let's, I guess let's talk about the guys that we have in common, um, Andrew Jones and David Ortiz. Tell me kind of why you went into Andrew Jones and decided to give him the, uh, the check mark this year. So there's a lot I like about Andrew Jones, and I saw an argument for him uh, by Made by Foolish Baseball on YouTube, and it really sold me. Put it this way. You see his name, you see his numbers, you say, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. I think he has the second best defensive war for a center fielder yeah. ever mm-hmm. um, behind Willie Mays. You could argue he's the best or second best defensive center fielder of all time. Let's just say he's second best and just, you know, call it a day. If I told you the second best defensive center fielder, one of the most important positions in baseball, center field, is also going to have over 400 home runs, 434 to be exact. How is that not a Hall of Famer? Like you are an elite defender. You have good speed because you're playing great defense in the gaps. And you also are an incredible power hitter. You're hitting elite power year in, year out. So for me, Travis, it's kind of easy. Um, I made this little list on a stat, a stat head about him. This is every player who has uh, his, his level of defensive war or more. So it's all positions, catchers and shortstops and stuff. The only player who has more defensive war and more home runs is Adrian Beltre. Wow. No other hitter ever has more defensive war and home runs. So that means Willie Mays does not have more defensive war, actually. So there's tons of guys who have either, you know, pretty much everyone in baseball is either a worse defender or has less home runs yeah. than Andrew Jones, except for Adrian Beltre, which is kind of crazy. But um, it really kind of it really goes to show how kind of rare of a combo he was in terms of his elite power and great defense. Um for me, Travis, uh, I was sold on him a little while ago, and I'm not never looking back. For me, I'm checking him off. You know, uh, it's pretty easy. I, I like his case a lot. Uh, tell me why. I mean, so you came around for him this year for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it was all about longevity. Andrew Jones did not, I think, have the longevity, and that's what some voters will argue to say is that he, of course, started out in 1996 at the age of 19, only played a couple seasons, was actually, I feel like, born in the major leagues in that 96 World Series. Of course, I think batted almost 400 with, I, mean, I think the OPS was around like 1900. He had like two or three home runs, and it was just like this skinny. I think, I think he had like this, a two-home a two run game in the yeah, World Series. Yeah, like crazy. And, and he definitely was the bright spot on that Braves roster. Uh, 
Uh, and then, of course, coming out in 97 and taking over uh, center field for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, and then, of course, you go all the way down to 2007, played, you know, let's see, it was 12 seasons altogether with Atlanta. But I would probably say, you know, 11 to 10 full seasons with the Braves. Um, that was really his prime. After that, Alex, that is just where the drop off occurred. And that is where that, that's really what stopped me from voting for Andrew Jones for the longest time is because I just saw the rest of his career basically hitting age 31. It was just the biggest downfall that a player could have. And Andrew Jones was the guy that had it, uh, did not really recover. And then of course left the game of baseball at the age of 35 in 2012 in New York for the Yankees. Um, and that was definitely a hard thing to look at, but I think I really appreciate the all around player when I look at hall of famers and Andrew Jones, like you said, defensively, a Hall of Famer, the advanced with, stats without say, a doubt. Say, yeah, the defense was too incredible. Oh, and, and a guy like me that would not even know defenses, defensive, you know, uh, advanced stats, you would just say ten gold gloves, right? I mean, I mean ten gold gloves. Tells the story. How right many there. guys have double digit uh, gold gloves and also are putting up this good of power numbers in center field? Which, in my opinion, is kind of like a shortstop or second base position where you're not going to have a lot of power in center field. And if you have power in center field, you get put into this elite. Uh, conversation. slim conversation, a mantle, a maze, a trout, you know, some of these guys and uh, Andrew Jones is right up there with the power. I mean, uh, almost coming up with 500 home runs is, is, I mean, top notch right there. I mean, you just kind of say if he would have at least maybe put together five more regular seasons like he was putting up in Atlanta, he'd be a 500 home run hitter right now. It'd be no the, question. That'd be a first ballot. Exactly. Almost. It'd Travis, be no question. One interesting thing I actually saw on Twitter just today, which I'm glad I came across this only other players in baseball history with 10 gold gloves and over 350 homers. Wow. Is wow. Mays, Schmidt, Griffey, Kaline, Bench, and Jones. All, all first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famers. Yeah. And Jones is struggling <laughs> to get his number yeah. up. So in my and Travis, that's 350 plus homers. He's yeah. up at four, whatever. So yeah. because of that, um, you know, it, it's an elite, it's an elite combo of power and defense. Uh played on good teams as well yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, there's so many ways you can say I like this guy. Um, so I'm glad he makes both of our both of our lists. Mm -hmm. I'll say my other check mark is David Ortiz, and then we'll get into the guys we disagree on. Yep. But we agree on Ortiz. Um, Just a winner. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make a case as the best postseason hitter ever. Um, I'm not sure if the stats agree with that, but the legendary moments, Travis. He lived up to him. It, it tells a story. He <laughs> yep. came up to the plate in a. I got to hit a home run or I got to hit a double or I got to get a walk right here, right now. And he always just kind of came through for a lot of big Red Sox teams. Uh, you know, multiple time World Series winner uh, was on some special teams. Help help break the Red Sox curse. All this kind of stuff is kind of just narrative stuff that is always going to help you with these kind of voters. But for me, what really does it, Travis, is I think there's not enough DH kind of credit. Um, obviously, you know, defense really counts because we were just raving about Jones's defense for a yeah, while. Yeah. But even if you're not a defensive guru, if you're just kind of playing first base or DH, um, I think you're still a hall of famer. If you're as good a hitter as prime Ortiz, prime Ortiz, Travis as a DH top four in MVP votes, three, four years in a row. Um, only yeah. reason he's not winning those really is probably because you're, play, you're, you're playing DH yeah. and um, you get, you get a bit of a minus for that. You get a bit of a, of a slash down, and I think that that you know he he kind of paid the price for DH in terms of WAR only a 55 career WAR for me that's still a Hall of Fame number 55 mm -hmm. WAR for a DH that's a Hall of Fame number for me he's a World Series MVP he's an ALCS MVP three time World Series uh, for me he just he just does it uh, the prime is definitely definitely good enough as a hitter great longevity 
541 career homers, 632 doubles. I didn't realize he hit that that many. That's a lot. Yeah. Led baseball in doubles and OPS in his last season, which is also just an uh, an incredible exclamation point to be 40 years old, hitting 48 doubles, 38 homers, and you know leading baseball in OPS, um, helping your team, uh, you know, be successful in that way. So for me, Travis, um, he just does it. He's Hands down. Good enough prime. Good enough longevity. Yeah. Counting and- stats. Oh, the only knock you can really have is DH. Yeah. And for me, I, that's not good enough for me. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and 947 OPS in 85 playoff games. I mean, are you, you're putting together elite hitting performances in the playoffs. That right there says it all. Um, like you said, one of the greatest clutchest postseason hitters of all time. I, I know you can make a highlight reel of David Ortiz home runs in the playoffs. Um, you can easily make a top 10 and, and you know, <laughs> off some of the biggest names too. So uh, David Ortiz, I, of course, I, I think also just kind of being like, you know, and this is something I don't really want to judge too much with players. I want to focus solely on your statistics, but humanitarian guy, you know, did a lot of good things for Boston. I think some of his best speeches were um, after the Boston bombings, you know, kind of just rallying the city together. And then, of course, going out and taking the 2013 World Series uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals that year, really kind of, uh, you know, showing what, what he can do. Talking can also bring it to the field as well but and i'll add one more thing travis just uh you know to be completely you know fair to everyone else on the ballot he his name was in a leaked you know steroid like tested positive not sorry not steroids he tested positive for some substance and it was anonymous and it got leaked and he volunteered for it so that's same as same as sammy sosa so i think some some people might use that to maybe like yeah say i don't want to vote for ortiz because that for me it just kind of brings other people up um i think that you know he played big. I think, you know, the stats are good enough in my mind. He, no, definitely. It, it's just good enough. The postseason, it's good enough. Uh, what he meant to Boston, it, it all, for me, he, he 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 gets there. He clears. He clears. 100%. 100%. And for me, he's up there next to Edgar Martinez as, you know, one of the greatest DHs of all time, possibly better than Edgar Martinez. Just kind of see what most, whatever you kind of want to use your criteria. For me, I think he's better than Edgar Martinez. I definitely have him being one of the best DHs of all time. If you're going to implement um, a DH, yeah. which is, you know, I, I want there to be DHs. I don't want, I don't want pitchers hitting. Yeah. If you're going to implement a DH, you can't say the best or second best DH ever is not a Hall of Famer. Exactly. So why do you have the position? Like- it, exactly. It, you're just kind of making a, a counter argument to why you even created the job and why you created the position. And so, uh, and, and that kind of goes as good as anyone. And, and that goes with also relief pitchers too. I feel like with a lot of these guys on the ballot with being relief pitchers, they're going to say, "Oh, well, he was a le- relief pitcher. He didn't he didn't throw that many innings." It's like, then why have that position? You know, if you don't want him to throw, then you know, make him make everyone starting pitcher. So great segue, Travis, because next on the list, someone he you have and I didn't is Joe Nathan. Correct. Correct. And talk I, to me about it. You know, and I know we kind of talked about it on our last kind of, uh, you know no no limit votes in our last ballot that we were talking about earlier in this podcast but um you know joe nathan is a guy that i think we talked about a lot during our all mlb teams and it really kind of opened my eyes you know i don't think he's going to get in um this season i don't i I think he honestly will probably get slightly above like a five percent probably maybe in like a ten percent to twenty percent range but i cannot see him getting you know anywhere close to 75% this season. But I think looking at his overall career and his career with the Minnesota Twins, um, it's pretty elite. I mean, honestly, I go from 2003 all the way to 2000, practically 2012. I mean, in, in one season, he had a bad season with a 4.84 ERA with Minnesota, but every other season, it's just an ERA almost below a 2.8. And just consistently, 2006 to 2008, ERAs all below 2. 
Um, he was him, Francisco Rodriguez and Mariano Rivera were, I think, the three best closers in the game at the time. Gagne was kind of fading out, but those three guys were just so dominant. And of course, when K Rod's time comes, it'll be a good conversation because I definitely believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. But for Joe Nathan, the the numbers he was able to provide, um, pretty pretty honestly, I mean, they they are they are very excellent in my opinion. And of course, getting Cy Young votes in some of those seasons. Um, like I said, I don't think he will be getting in anywhere near right now. I think honestly, he'll be on this ballot for maybe five. If anything, he'll be a late guy to get in because even looking at Billy Wagner, it took it's it's taking him a while. Hopefully, he can keep on getting votes and traction. But I have Joe Nathan just because I think um, what he was able to do and the prime that he was able to put together with the Twins, um, it's up there with honestly some of the greats. And I, I think. I'm with you and I'm with the voters that would say relievers need to have a little bit more respect when it comes to some of these ballots. So I voted for him for that. I think he's still an exceptional top reliever of all time. So he makes my ballot. I know he didn't make yours. And that's honestly, it's, it was the same thing with kind of Jonathan Palabon. Do I, where do I go with Palabon? In my, in my, in my head, I say absolutely not. I mean, the, the name itself, in my opinion, does not really ring Hall of Fame at all. His numbers are very good, but I just don't think Palpun's going to have enough to get into the Hall of Fame. 12 years pitching. Um, I think maybe with relievers, you might need to have uh, 15 to 20 years, and you're probably going to have some very good postseason moments as well. Mariano Rivera kind of checks off all those lists. And so yeah. um, it, it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting when it comes down to all that for relief pitchers getting their respect into the Hall of Fame. But that's kind of where I saw Nathan. I just see a guy that had a very good career, 16 years, and, you know, everywhere he went, he did very, very well. Um, you know, of course, starting out with the Giants, struggled a little bit with the Giants. But, of course, that Had was when some he games was younger. started there as well. Exactly. Yeah. Started some games with the Giants and then, of course, got moved to the uh, closing pitcher role. And that's when he kind of was traded to uh, Minnesota. And that's where his career really took off. Went to Texas, went to Detroit. But um, uh, I'll go. Ahead. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say why I didn't check him off, um, because if I did have unlimited votes, I would pick him. And it really came down to I had the guys checked off who I thought are like total like locks. I'm voting for this guy no matter what. And then I had a couple spots left, and I had to kind of decide who I who do I want to who do I want to pick to try to keep them on. And I opted for a guy like a Brayu instead, almost like I kind of viewed them as like you know I have to decide who am I going to vote for to really make sure they get that five percent. I thought I wanted to really focus on a Brayu yeah. over a guy like Nathan. Hard to compare those two guys because they're so different. But um, Joe Nathan Travis for me is someone who I would pick in an ideal world. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say I think that the Hall of Fame voting needs to get rid of the ten man, ten person maximum. In my mind, if you're a Hall of Famer, you should be able to vote for them, right? It's like yeah. if mm-hmm. I think you're Hall of Famer, how come I say, oh, I want you to get in, but I have only have ten? So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird and like it's a it's, it's a weird number. The, yeah. the, the rule it, it's so arbitrary. Like yeah. some year there could be five Hall of Famers on the ballot, some year there could be fifteen. But yeah. I have to only vote for ten at most. Anyways, for me, Nathan's career is good enough to be a Hall of Famer. He makes, you know, he, 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 his prime is really, really special. Also 373 career saves at his peak is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. One of the best closers right next to Mariano and K-Rod, like you said. Um, I think at the end of the day, I just thought that there are other guys who I'm going to really vote for to make sure they keep on. I will say though, I am worried. I think Nathan might not get 5%. Really? Okay. Um, I think that's just because they just don't give a lot of credit to these closers. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty consistent, consistent that way. Pavel Bon Travis, I think he was one of my maybes in that column or uh, in that first section. 
I don't think he's getting 5%. Mm-hmm. I can say pretty mm-hmm. solid he's not going to yeah, get 5%, it. Yeah. Um, it's too bad that some of these closures are getting snubbed like this because if you're the best at your position for like a five-year stretch, or a second best because Mariano Rivera exists. Um, <laughs> Which is the standard that they all have be held to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it's also crazy that Mariano Rivera, sorry, well, closers get snubbed every year, but then Mariano Rivera was unanimous, which is, just, yeah. it's so crazy. Like, they're like, this guy is legit. And I agree. He was like the craziest guy. Uh, one, it, one of the craziest legends, but the brand and the name, I think, has a huge uh, influence on the voters. Marlon Rivera's brand and his name is oh, yeah. is the postseason, the rings. You you talk about shutting out a game, no matter what series, what opponent you're looking at. Marlon Rivera coming out of the pen, so that's why I think people were, were really uh, high on his voting. It, it, and yeah, it's a difficult standard to hold. You know, Nathan and Pavel want to, but especially Nathan, who we're talking about focusing right now. Uh, uh, for me, his stats are good enough, but the 10-man limit uh, gets me here. So he yep. ended up not making my cut, which I'm sad about because he might not make it. And if I if I was a voter for real, yeah. and he was like 4.9%, I didn't vote for him. I feel kind of bad. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, but yeah, for me, he just barely doesn't clear. Uh, last up was Kent. Am I... Am I right about that? Kent, yeah, and I've I've been I've been pretty high on. He's he's kind of like my Todd Helton. Go uh, yeah, tell me about Kent, and I'll, I'll respond. Yeah, and so Kent, of course, uh, one MVP to his name, two thousand. Um, pretty actually impressive that he got the MVP that year, and Bonds didn't. I'm guessing that the voters were probably pretty sick of Bonds. They probably treated him pretty badly, and they said, "Screw you, we're going to go with your teammate Kent." Um, and I know actually Kent and Bonds had their differences on the team. I think there was some um, some pretty heated arguments during their time as being teammates. But for me, Kent, you know, looking at the percentage stats, a 290 career batting average, very good, 356 on base, a 500 slugging as an, and an 855 uh, OPS as a primary second baseman. Um, I think also looking at it, almost 400 home runs as a second baseman. That right there is a very big stat, 560 home runs as a second baseman. I guess for me as well, Alex, I look at the position you play and I want to kind of really kind of think about the players that play that position today have played it in the past and have as any of them have even come close to that kind of I, stuff. I totally agree with that philosophy, yeah. Ma- making sure how do you stack up with guys who had the same job as you? And you don't see at all many second basemen hitting three, 350 or more home runs. I mean, that's why it'll be a good conversation with Robinson Cano coming up in the, in the next, you know, five to 10 years with, uh, with his uh, eligibility with hall of fame worthiness. But Extra base hits. I think Jeff Kent was a master at extra base hits. And of course, being a very good hitter in a extremely harsh hitting ballpark at uh, AT&T Park uh, in San Francisco. So I think that that definitely gives him a lot of credibility um, there. And, you know, I I, I definitely I I think that the counting stats really favor him. I don't think he's going to get in this year. I think his stock will have to keep on rising um, and then hopefully we'll make. Um, you know, his case in the next couple of years, he actually might be coming in closely as um, I think an eighth or a seventh year on the ballot. So um, I guess he's kind of the next man up. That's kind of the time is ticking for him. So uh, Jeff Kent for me, I think with all the counting stats, they make all the sense in the world. 15, uh, 1500 RBIs in his career. I, I, th- I think that's just insane for a second baseman. Almost you're looking at practically from 2000, uh, I'm so sorry, from the year 1997 all the way to 2005, 
he had 100 or more RBIs every single year except for one where he had 93 with Houston, and he only played 130 games that year. But I just look at all the hitting stats, and it is incredible for a second baseman to be putting up these numbers. That's why I think I gave him the, the good nod to getting into the Hall of Fame. I don't think many second basemen have done this um, just like how Jeff Kent did it, especially in the late 90s and all the 2000s. So that's why he gets my nod. Yeah, it's a really good case, and I will go ahead and just say that just like for uh, for Joe Nathan, if I had a limited votes, I'd be picking him. I already said that in the last round. Yeah. I would pick him if I had more than 10. But for me, Travis, just like uh, with Nathan, I kind of compared him to Abreu for me and said these guys who are like, like I had like I had like maybe seven or eight guys who I'm like, I'm voting for you for sure. And yeah. then there's like this middle ground where I have to make some decisions here. I said, for me, I really want to make sure Abreu stays on. So I'm going to go ahead and not vote for Kent this year. I think next year, a year after, whenever I have an extra spot for him, I'll be picking him. I think mm-hmm. he's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I just think that if I'm trying to pick hairs and say I have to, you know, cut someone off here, yeah. he's just not going to make the cut because there's other guys who I want to keep on more. His career is good enough for me as a second baseman, c- considering that you know he was putting up those offensive numbers as a second baseman. The WAR is is good enough. The hitting for a second baseman is easily some of the best you're going to see. So for me, Travis, he clears but does not uh, get my nod just mm-hmm. because of the limitations of the of the system. So, uh, Jeff Ken, I'm sorry, but, you know, ho- <laughs> hopefully some year I have uh, a spot for you in my 10. Um, if it was his 10th year, Travis, I'd probably have to make some cuts somewhere yeah. else mm-hmm. and make sure I do vote for him because I think he's good enough to be in. But time is not urgent for him this season. Sorry, so Poppy. <laughs> probably not to get the cut. And, and that's the thing because I could almost say, you know, David Ortiz, it's his first year on. He's going to get 5%, yeah. so he's going to yeah. stay on. Maybe I should use his vote somewhere else. But I kind of want to make sure I'm picking the guys who I think are locks, locks. And then Kent, for me, is like a Hall of Famer, but not on that same level of being a lock. So, it, you know, there's different ways that you can set how to do things. For me, he's good enough. I'm not getting my vote this year. Probably if it's, you know, if times are tough for him and he needs to get every vote he can, then that year I'll come and support him. But that probably wraps up this, uh, this, this column, column, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so we can keep moving on to the last column, Travis. I'll go ahead and say who I did give a check to. The guys I am voting for, four guys, Alex Rodriguez, Scott Rowland, Sammy Sosa, Billy Wagner. Probably a surprising group. I'm not voting for Manny, Jimmy Rollins, Kurt Schilling, Gary Sheffield, Mark Teixeira, or Omar Vizquel. Tell me who you're voting for, and then we'll talk. Yeah, so my three guys on this list, and this is actually a total of eight guys that I voted for, um, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, and Billy Wagner. Um, so two, two, of course, similar guys, one guy you did not vote for. And then of course, um, some of the other guys that you did not, or you voted for, I did not vote for. Um, I, I guess my first question is tell me why, um, no Manny and no Gary Sheffield. Yeah. So I, I know that's one thing that I look at voters and I will, I will say to myself, like I said, a couple of minutes ago, you know, they all kind of meet the criteria. They're all steroid guys. They're all guys that were linked to these different things, and they all have, I guess, milestones that put them in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, what 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 se- what separates them? Yeah. So for me, it's case by case. Every guy, I take a look at. You know, what were your numbers, and what you know, to what degree of PED use were you? For Manny, it's very simple. He served multiple suspensions for performance enhancing drugs. Meaning, yeah. For those that don't know, like. There's the Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire group where you're in the late 90s using steroids or early 2000s before they ever tested you, before they ever 
uh, said, if you do this, you're on a 100-game suspension. You're on a 60-game suspension, whatever it might be, you know. There was no clear-cut rules saying you test. Like it was none, We knew it was cheating. Yeah. But we didn't know, okay, we're testing you guys randomly every month, and if you test positive, you're out for the rest of the season. You're, you're, you're suspended. That was not a thing back then. But in the era of checking every single you know month for these guys, Manny failed tests multiple times, served multi- multiple suspensions, pretty much ended his career uh, because of a, a suspension. So uh, I think that Travis, the main reason that kept Manny off for me was testing positive in that era yep. where you were, um, I guess it was very, very clear. Don't do this. It's against the rules. In a guy like Bonds, a guy like Clemens's era, a little bit more gray, a little bit less clear. The league was not testing and punishing. They were letting Sosa and Maguire do it and break records. Bond said, I'll do it too then. If they're going to get away with it, I'll join the party. With Manny, there was not that controversy. Mm-hmm. It was very clear. That reason I'm keeping him off. Also, Travis, if his numbers were 700 home runs, 310 career average, something like that. Like if it was like, if, you, if you're Ridiculous. like the best right-handed hitter ever, then I think I could push him in. But for me, he just wasn't inner circle with his his uh, stats. And because of the steroids, it knocks him down mm-hmm. a tier, which is going to be, for me, out of the Hall of Fame. I could see myself voting for him someday. Yeah, I could. But for me, he's not getting my check mark. That's the difference between him and A-Rod. Because yeah. A-Rod, same deal. Serve a suspension after and we knew it, it was and wrong. It might have been multiple. It might have been multiple. You, might, you could be right. He served. He pretty much tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs when we all knew it was bad. The thing about him that that's different is I think he was as good of a hitter playing a much harder defensive position, stealing bags, a complete player. I think, honestly, possibly a top 10 athlete to ever play baseball, like a top 10 yeah. potential player. Um, the Tat- stir- Tatis, but better. Honestly, <laughs> and, 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 and because of that, Travis, um, so if steroids for me takes you down a notch, like I have to rate you like one tier below – He's still in the Hall of Fame. He's going. He's going from inner he's, circle. He's still a B plus player. He, yeah. he, he's going from second best sec, second best shortstop ever after Honus Wagner to okay. Now you're you're not the inner circle of inner circle, but you're still one of the best righties ever. You're still better than like Alan Trammell. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's a good yeah, way. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good way of putting it. I'm sorry, Alan Trammell. I just I there's Shot, a, shots a, fired. A lot of beef sometimes when I look at your stats and I see you in the Hall of Fame and yeah, I, I think he was a veterans committee guy and I I definitely he's he's one guy that I'm always just kind of like. Okay, I mean, it, and I, I know I know guys like Chris Russo have been uh, influential when they always say, why is Alan Trammell in the Hall of Fame? And some of their guys are not, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> it's a great comp because there are some guys who are just in, and you look at A-Rod's numbers, and you say, I don't care what he did. Like, these numbers are just so far ahead of everyone else and, and at the and, position. And I guess it's kind of like even looking at Bonds. You take Bonds down without steroids, and he's still putting up numbers like Larry Walker, you know? Yeah. And, and so I definitely see where all those point of views are coming from with all these players where, okay, take steroids out of the equation, he's still a great player, and he's still Hall of Famer. So I, I definitely – and that's what makes it kind of hard when you look at these lists with these players and um, critiquing these guys. So so just to kind of continue that conversation, it goes the same for Sheffield as for Manny. They're guys who, you know, the war may, might be good enough, but yeah. and the hitting is definitely good enough. You should be elite. <laughs> but you need to be a better than good enough. You need to be one of the best ever to be a steroid user and get my vote. And I think that 509 career home runs for Sheffield, you know, 
you could say if he didn't use steroids, what would his number be? That's not really fair. Like, there's no way to yeah. know that. But there's a good chance he doesn't get those nine. And if he's out of that 500 club, he probably loses a lot of stock with some voters because that's like a big kind of bonus he has going for him. Um, also, Travis, uh, he and Manny, you know, bad defenders, not complete. Um, that's a factor as well. So for me, uh, guys like A-Rod are going to get my nod, even though they tested positive afterwards. Um more inner circle, and that's the real difference for me. So that's why Sheffield and Manny are not making it. But then, Travis, I did have Sosa. Yeah. So yeah. think about that. Uh, a guy who never tested positive, and it was also in the era in the era where it was kind of gray. Yeah. And that's the deal breaker for me. Sosa is almost like if Manny Ramirez, first of all, was like faster and had a better arm, yeah. mm-hmm. but also he did it. He cheated in an era where – People were allowed to cheat. It's it, it's weird to say it that way, but like in it was the wild west. Like it was allowed. The commissioner was getting you know huge approval ratings. MLB was skyrocketing in popularity. Uh, Made so much money off it. And and because of that, it's like I don't know. It, for for me, it's like how can I say? How can I keep you out? I, I forget. I forget who they asked. I think they asked uh, who was it? I think it was Bob Gibson. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, and they asked him. You know, if you were playing in that era, would you have used steroids? If you knew, because you're so competitive, you're the best pitcher on the planet. Then all of a sudden, these other pitchers start using steroids and they pass you up. Bob Gibson, would you use steroids? And he's like, I think God every day, I don't have to make that decision. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to think about would I do that or would I not? Because I want to be the best in the world. And I was the best in the world. And these people pass me. So for me, I think that like the whole steroid argument, it's a lot more complicated than black and white and for me Sosa's in the gray area era of he saw other guys doing it he did it too became one of the best hitters ever um but I'm glad you definitely gave him the recognition because I don't see him on on a lot of ballots and it it upsets he me will they, not get in it's it his upsets last me that when you vote for bonds a vote for bonds in my opinion is a vote for Sosa and is probably a vote for Mark McGuire but his time is already gone right um and there like you said there, I I see a lot of names that are checked off but I don't see Sosa and in my opinion that is kind of just a I don't know what you're really critiquing on because he had over 600 home runs and if even if you take away 100 home runs for steroids he's a 500, he's 500 club yeah he had good you know he had very solid speed actually played some center field too yeah. so like defensively not not a Sheffield fielder mainly out there he's playing some more solid defense um some of the best peak seasons ever in terms of hitting for power belong to Sammy Sosa. Steroids are, of course, a factor, but at the end of the day, um, for me, he does. He's going to clear just because of how ambiguous his era was. The league was letting it happen. Um, in a way, you could say they wanted it to happen. In a way, it saved the sport. So he is impactful for that reason. Travis, also, he's not going to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mm-hmm. just not. He's yeah, like at twenty percent yeah. or something like that. It's his last year. He can't make fifty percent of the votes. There, yeah, there's no yeah. shot. So, um, I'm just I'm just sort of giving him a vote out of protest, yeah. saying, uh, this man this man kind of got uh, done dirty. Snub, yeah. Um, so for me, he's getting my nod. Uh, we agree on Scott Rowland and of Blue course. Wagner. So let's talk about them real quick. Travis Scott Rowland is someone who, like you kind of said earlier, a few years ago, I would probably not be on the big Scott Rowland train. But the more you look into him, it is it becomes more and more impressive. Um, there, there's a stat on Baseball Reference called it's called like it's it's kind of complicated. I'm not a master of it, but it's like called there's batting runs and there's fielding runs, and there's kind of figuring out how much runs are you producing with your bat and with your 
fielding and saving. I'm I'm not talking about like runs, like how many times you touch home plate, but just how much runs for your team are you producing with your bat? Okay. And, and, and with how many runs are you saving with the fielding? So, uh, the only players in baseball history with more batting runs and fielding runs than Scott Rowan. So it's pretty much an elite combo of, of having good offense and defense. It's Willie Mays, Adrian Beltre, Carl Yastrzemski, and Roberto Clemente. Wow. No other player has accrued more runs with his bat and more saved more runs with his glove. So for me, you know, I just I, I kind of am cherry picking a bit and finding the right stats that kind of suit him. But for me, there's definitely something to be said about this elite combo he had of being such an impactful defender as well as such an impactful bat for a good amount of time. Um, does not get enough credit for me. Uh, it's a for me. It's a pretty easy case for Roland. We kind of talked about him already, but you know, over 500 doubles. Um, you know, the home runs were not you know up there with some of the greats. But for me, you know, 316 homers. Uh, the the WAR up at 70. You know, I can't imagine seeing a 70 WAR guy and me not voting for him yeah. if he's a clean yeah. player. Played in the steroid era. Didn't dabble in that kind of stuff. Uh, was on some good playoff teams as well. So for me, Roland, it's kind of an easy pick. Um, third base, Travis, also really shallow in the Hall of Fame. I like what you said about Kent, about second baseman, because it's important to compare someone to their peers. For me, third baseman, uh, it's 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 kind of empty in the Hall of Fame. I think it was like I think it was like ten. I think it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, something about like ten or fifteen. I think it's ten. Yeah. And it was less than fifteen. And so for that reason, um, I give him extra props, saying let's get some more third baseman in there. I don't know why you guys are grading these guys so harshly. Thankfully, I think he will get in. I think he's training in a good way. Yeah. And there's going to be some third basemen coming behind them, um, active players who have been very special th- third basemen in this new generation. But uh, Travis- and definitely, and definitely a guy like we've been saying, Adrian Beltre. His name comes up a lot. I think he'll be. Um, he could be if, first. He could be first ballot. First ballot. I think he should be. I think it's a ninety something WAR he has. And then, um, if not, he's a second ballot for sure. But yeah. Um, I guess for my reason for Scott Rowland, like you said, um. The defense and the offense combo, what he's able to provide, just the full threat of a you know of a, of a baseball player, not just being this great hitter and an okay fielder, um, was able to provide both very very well. You know, a silver slugger, eight gold gloves, and then of course the defensive war that you talked about, um, over a twenty defensive war in his career. That is that is something that honestly um, is very very eye opening. That is very impressive in my opinion. So. Um, that definitely helps his uh, resume. And then, of course, like you said, just being on such successful teams, um, I think that really helps him out as well, those St. Louis teams. But uh, overall, I think you just look at the, main, the just the main stats of, you know, home runs, batting average, um, OPS, all that stuff. It, it all fits the bill. And, of course, the war. The war is definitely a big number that is, really, is going to help you a lot. And it helped me a lot, I think, when I wanted to decide if he's going to be a Hall of Famer or not. 70 war at third base. Um, I think he kind of has to be fit. He definitely has to fit the bill in that category. So um, I'm glad we agree on that one right there. And then uh, moving to Billy Wagner. I mean, I think you look at just the prime seasons of Billy Wagner and then, of course, overall in his career numbers. And I think his ERA plus is it's it's honestly it's, around it's, like 180 something. It's 187. Okay. And there's only one pitcher in MLB history with a better ERA plus in mornings pitched. And it's Mariano Rivera. Hmm. He was unanimous in the Hall of Fame for obvious reasons. Um, every, and, and Billy has more than 400 saves. I mean, that, he has that, more that, than 400 yeah. saves. I think he tops out all lefties. Maybe Franco has more or something like that. But in terms of the ERA plus is you're one of the best of all time yeah. at 
preventing runs from being scored in a steroid era as well. Also worth noting. Travis, also one of the best strikeout percentage guys ever. Mariano struck out 23% of guys he faced. Uh, Billy struck out 33%, which, you know, in that era is, is a huge feat as well. The uh, Actually, Travis, one player who actually is one ERA plus more than Wagner is Craig Kimbrell. So Kimbrell, Mariano, and Wagner are the three best ERA pluses uh, ever for, you know, as long as you get reach like a minimum number of innings, like, like over a hundred innings pitched or something yeah. like that. But um, it really kind of shows what an elite class Wagner is in, in terms of closing pitchers. If we're going to, if we're going to vote closing pitchers into the hall of fame, he has to be there. So he like, has to, uh, we only have six guys and, and there's guys in Travis. Like I think Lee, you know, Smith. Lee Smith, Bruce Suter, uh, they deserve to be there. But Wagner, I think is better than them. Yeah. And so for yeah. that reason, you can't keep him out and have those guys in, in my opinion. So it's, it, it's, it's an interesting case, and I get why people might say, you know, oh, you know, only has 903 innings pitched. Lee Smith had more. Suter had more. Well, I will tell you that those guys could not limit run scoring as good as Wagner did in Wagner's prime. Uh, Wagner also, like, no bad years, like, just consistently good year in, year out. For me, uh, it's a really easy pick. I think also, yeah, closing pitchers, there's six in the Hall of Fame. That's not enough. There's going to be more as time goes on because he probably gets in. Hopefully, uh, Kimbrell will get in someday. So yeah. Um, and, and even looking at guys of, of his comparison, Rolly Fingers, just completely be- way better seasons than Rolly Fingers, better career than Rolly Fingers, um, and he's still sitting here on the ballot. Um, you know, I think in, the innings, in year year five or seven or something. The like innings that. pitch might get some people because those old closers would go two innings some games. Yep. They pitch over a hundred innings uh, in a season. The modern day closer only going, you know, 70, 80 innings. That's, that's, why does it matter? You're, you're putting them in the highest leverage spots and they're delivering time and time again. You're the best at limiting runs ever and you're pitching in the high leverage moments. So for and, me, and you're coming in with the lead. You're, you, I mean, you're, you're not going to use Billy Wagner if you're down by five. You know, yeah. he is coming in with the lead you're or getting, the tie ball game or you're down by one. You're not in garbage time. Exactly. You're in the high leverage spots. And you're coming through with some of the best ERA plus numbers ever. So for me, Wagner, it's an easy pick. Definitely. Um, I'm glad we agree there. The saves too. I mean, the counting stats and the rate-based stats, it's all very, very impressive. So um, that wraps up what we agree on. I think, oh, you also voted for Schilling, who I think we talked about plenty already. Exactly. Just the for me, the longevity also with the prime. Um I just see a guy that definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think last year, Alex, I think he was honestly less than like 30 votes away from being into the hall, going into the Hall of Fame. So it's interesting to see if guys this year said, OK, you know what? Screw you, Kurt. You're off my ballot. And which there there definitely is people out there that did that. But there's probably guys out there that said, I'm still keeping you on. And there are probably a group of guys that said, you know what? It's your last year. You, you need to be on this. But, you know, it is interesting because I think he probably lost a lot, a lot more people than gained just by the comments. He did. And I, I can tell you that he did. I, yeah. And so I it, it'd be a surprise if he got in. But um, it'd be crazy to see yeah, a guy like that with just how good he was not get in as well for everything that everything that he was being clean. Um, I think a lot of his his negativity came after uh, he retired, which is kind of interesting to kind of get into that kind of trouble uh after you retire from the game of baseball but um we shall see on tuesday what uh the final verdict is for him but yeah basically with me just looking at of course the 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 stats of kurt Schilling. i think he's a hall of famer everything points to be the right direction of him going to cooperstown but we'll see what happens yeah so yeah everyone uh tuesday this week uh two days from when we're recording it is going to be we're going to know who makes it 
and who does not make it uh, will know what the percentages of everyone is. Travis, a bit of a spoiler warning for next week. There are a lot of public ballots and people have a good idea of how things are trending. This is not final by any means, but it's looking like there's a chance that no one gets in. Yeah. Which would be really crazy. I think I think we, we right now I think we have five or six veteran committee guys that are already in. Of course, right. But and the sad thing is is I think majority of those guys have passed away. So it is very when you tragic. look at the when you look at the actual ceremony, you're gonna have uh uh lots of plaques, it, it, I but think, I think that's Jim Cat from the twins. Yeah. And, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, Gil Gil Hodges, I think, is already gone. And I'm trying to think of the other names as well. But there, there's a lot of names that are that are already gone and are not going to be there. But um, right now, it could just be a veterans committee kind of thing. And it, it, it's disappointing because you, you you think to yourself there there has to be one guy every year, right? I mean, one guy has to make it. But it's just like we just discussed. We think there's at least ten Hall of yeah, Famers, exactly, or guys who could make it, but only ones that get in. But that's how the voting works, Travis. I think the one who had the most traction of everyone was david ortiz and i was going to ask you who do you think out of this whole list has the best odds right now i think the best odds to get in on tuesday is david ortiz i think give me your top three at least give me your top three i I mean i know right now um i think bonds has the the high bonds and clemens still have some of the highest percentages but um that that, that's fun let's say okay who or who i think who's gonna Who's going to steal the headlines for Tuesday? I'm not going to say if they're going to get in for sure. I think Ortiz has the best chance to get in. Yep. I'm going to also go ahead and predict that I think Roland and Wagner are going to be some of the biggest gain guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, they're – I don't think they're going to get in, but I think that they are going to make some serious progress towards po- probably getting in someday. I think Sosa is Sosa, – Sosa, Sosa's not getting in. Yeah, yeah. But I think that Bonds and Clemens are both going to come short. I know that – I saw some like graphic of like people who gained votes and lost votes so far. Schilling has lost votes. Vizquel lost a ton of votes. A part of that is because he had like a domestic violence scandal come out like <laughs> yeah. just, just like last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's multiple of those kind of going on. So that is just going to be a nightmare for, uh, you know, your case. If you're barely like, can I maybe squeeze in the hall of fame? Yeah. But then something like that comes out. It's like, okay, you're not even a good, the character is not there as well as the performance is barely yeah. even borderline. So yeah. Yeah. you're not getting in. Um, I, so. I honestly actually do too think that I think Andrew Jones will get a lot of traction this year. I That's think a good pick as well. I, I think I, for me, I think Jones, Roland and Ortiz are going to be the three main guys. I think that are going to steal the headlines. I think it's kind of funny when you look at after Tuesday bonds, Clemens shilling Sosa, if it's not, if it's not them, then they're out and they're, they're out, done. they're out. And we literally are looking at probably Ortiz, jones roland and wagner being the the next four kind of the highest percentages to get to the hall of fame next up for next year's ballot but it's crazy could two years in a row no no guys getting in which is pretty insane uh i I like your jones pick i think that he got a lot of traction with other braves players i think i saw like mcgriff tweeting about him and chipper jones tweeting about him and some other braves pitchers tweeting about him which is always like it's cool to get your homies like when you got maddox glavin and smoltz and chipper all kind of rallying behind you smoltz did tweet about him the other day yeah Yeah. it's really nice to see um so and and i think I think with just I, he he in my opinion is getting kind of the same treatment as I saw with Larry Walker. Larry Walker, I think the final two years of him on the ballot, social media was just taking over. Everyone was just, was just rallying behind Larry Walker. And you looked at his stats, and you're saying to yourself, "Yeah, why isn't this guy in the Hall of Fame?" And so I think Andrew Jones is a guy that's going to get a lot of traction this next year. Um, I think he's going to make a big leap. Could be possibly in like the sixty percent of the voting by the end of this ballot. Um, 
we'll see what happens. And of course, that can only go higher and higher and higher as the next couple of years. But it's funny how some of these guys, that's like, can you, can you stay out of trouble for the next couple of years? Because a guy like Omar Vizquel, it's just like you lose some credibility now. But in, in a way, it's like, I, yeah, it's like if, if, if we don't like you, we're not going to vote for you. But in, in a way, I, I hate that that's part of the judging because it's something that, you know, we don't really know what, exactly what's going on in his, in his situation, his personal life. But well, it's, it's, well, the issue is maybe everyone we voted for has some sort of, you know, scandal in their yeah. past, but we're voting for them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like you cannot help but factoring in. Like it's going to come to your mind when you're making those decisions of, you know, were you someone that I like, someone I don't like yeah. uh, for whatever reasons off the filter on it. So one more thing, I thought going into this that A-Rod would be like a first or second balloter. He's not that high. He's yeah. like, I think when they did like the pre, like like the, like the, the sample so far they have, he was like in like the 20s or 30s percentage. So he has a way to go. I think he'll get in someday. He'll be, you know, and honestly, with what he's been doing right now with being on, you know, MLB Fox, being on World Series pregame coverage shows with Frank Thomas and those guys, I and also being on Sunday Night Baseball, I think he, he he's, he's smart in a way that he wants to kind of get the fans back and that he wants to be that voice for you know baseball games right now that guys can say oh yeah A-Rod's a pretty cool guy even though some of his analyst stuff are, are kind of ridiculous the things he points out I think he almost like turns away some analytics people yeah. because of his like <laughs> his takes on that kind of stuff I, I think he said Carlos Correa is one of the best like five tool guys in the game like I think he said his speed was said, like no he, other he, and he said he was the LeBron James of the MLB that's right which that's is like, right it's like I, I don't know what you're doing. I, yeah, I, I, it's not like a person I would make, I guess. But uh, LeBron's LeBron's one of the oldest guys in the league, and Correa is one of the youngest guys in the league right yeah, now. So yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, really funny case. He's gonna have. He's gonna. He, I'm sure he's gonna build a big a, fo- a big following. One thing I'll say about him is, like you said, he's gonna try to build up his reputation by doing these shows. I think he's doing a version of the Manning cast mm-hmm. in terms of like it's gonna be an A Rod cast. It's be like fun, yeah. Him and someone else. I think it's like the Yankees announcer. I, I forget, but um, they're gonna do their own cast. It should be cool. Uh, A Rod, he has my vote already. But I think that honestly, Travis, people of this, people of the old school days, hate on Bonds because he was the face of steroids. Yeah. I think people in our generation. They are okay with Bonds, and they hate A-Rod because he's the face of steroids in a way yeah. of the modern day and also like the Yankees, like every yeah. boo yeah. Yankees kind yeah. of thing. So he's almost like the most hated player, I think, of like our generation. But even though uh, even though I really respect him. I, and I, I voted I, for him. I, so. I, 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 he's a guy that if you want to talk about building uh, starting nine that you, you know will win a game, oh. A-Rod's going to be on your team no matter what. So. Absolutely. And we're talking about before steroids too, that young, the young yeah. version, the old version, they're all going to be really good. So, yeah. Uh, to kind of end the rambling, a lot, uh, all the information is going to come out on Tuesday. And then next week's pod, uh, we're going to be discussing our reaction to who gets in, if anyone gets in, uh, our thoughts on the whole thing. Some guys, Travis, are going to go home with less than 5%. They will not have a shot to make it on this form of a ballot. Um, we can kind of react to see you know, who we missed out on and who you know didn't make that cut. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of guys who we said as are in our maybes group are not going to make it. Yeah. Um, you had a, a Brayu, I think, in a maybe group. Maybe you checked him off, but then Hudson was like in our maybe groups. I think Hudson has a good chance to not get that 5%. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I'm excited to react to everything on Tuesday. Uh, we'll put a pot up next week for our reactions to that, and then hopefully at that point, there's some more baseball news in modern day 2022 to talk about. So we can get back in the swing of things. Maybe we can start ranking players. We can dive into some positional tier lists and do all this kind of stuff. Uh, hopefully, focusing more on the coming season as we ramp up, heading towards 
heading towards the spring training that hopefully does not get canceled. Uh, fingers crossed. So, um, Travis, anything else? Does that wrap everything up? That pretty much sums everything up. I'm excited to see uh, what the news is coming out on Tuesday and, and get our reactions on that. You know? Yeah. So hopefully we'll have one guy. <laughs> I really, I mean, it's more fun that way. It's more fun that way. So hopefully there's some real news to discuss next week's pod. Uh, we can discuss, you know, either way, we'll be here giving you guys a new episode every week. So if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Give us a like, subscribe, tell us what's up, uh, you know, on Twitter and uh, talk to us and we'll, you know, let you guys know what's up next week. So uh, if you made it this far, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>